For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. Okay, this is interesting. I have to say, I haven't really done this before. Uh, and it's been a long time, a long time listener, first time presenter. This is Jonathan Healy filling in for Neil Prendeville this morning. I'm actually filling in for Mick Mulcahy as well, who was due to be here. And I got the phone call last night to say Mick couldn't make it in. So uh, it's, it's like driving a different car. Uh, you know how to drive the car and you know where everything should be, but there's lots of buttons and lots of things that can go wrong. So I apologise in advance for, you know, pressing the wrong button or maybe not getting a caller to air when I need to get them to air, but I will do my best over the course of the next three hours and do keep me company and making sure you get in contact with us uh, throughout the course of the programme. Uh, to the newspapers we turn, first of all, um, lots of court stories in the papers today. First up, uh, on the front of the Echo, a particularly disturbing story. And if you've got small ears, just maybe turn the radio down a little bit for the next 30 seconds. The headline reads, Bound, Gagged, Assaulted, Corkman Jailed for 10 Years, written by Jesse McGee. Um, a Corkman who bound a young woman, gagged her with duct tape and assaulted her in an alleyway in Dublin city centre, has been sentenced to 10 years in prison with the final 18 months suspended. Morris Fitzgerald, 29, Abbeyview Buttevant, pleaded guilty to falsely imprisoning and assaulting the woman, causing harm last August at Meeting House Lane off Mary's Abbey. Judge Martin Nolan set a headline sentence of 12 to 14 years for what he's described as a particularly insidious and very serious crime. The judge saying Fitzgerald had a plan and that he'd bought duct tape and a claw hammer on the day in question. The judge saying he was prepared to use force to apprehend and to take a woman. Uh, Closer to Cork, um, we have got uh, two cases we're keeping an eye on today at the Central Criminal Court, which is uh, sitting on Anglesey Street at the moment. Liam Heelan writes in the Echo, the jury in the Borean Manor Road murder trial deliberated yesterday. So far, he says, they haven't reached a verdict. They began their deliberations at about 11.33. They broke for lunch. They were asked by the trial judge to come back to court at 4.33. Mr Justice Paul McDermott, according to the Echo, then asked if they wished to continue deliberating or to return today. They indicated they would take the overnight break and they're due back in court at 10.30 this morning. So we'll keep an eye on that uh, case. Um, Eonet Nicolescu, age 30, with an address at Damavita County, Romania, denies the single count of the murder of Francis Frankie Dunn um, at some stage between December 27th and 28th of 2019. The other case we're keeping an eye on, and Paul Byrne of Virgin Media News uh, will join us later if there is an update, <coughs> excuse me, in relation to this case. One of Timmy Horahan's killers, writes Liam Heelan, apologised yesterday to the family, but said in a victim statement that he had the presence of mind on the night of of the killing to burn his clothing while their loved one laid dying. Evidence was heard in the sentencing hearing of Christopher O'Sullivan of no fixed address who previously pleaded guilty to his part in the manslaughter of the former chef at a homeless encampment in Cork City. You may remember this case. There was a lot of discussion on this programme and others at the time. Um, Timmy Horan, who was 53 years of age, he was a father of one. He was fatally attacked when uh, he was near a tent on the Maradike Walk in October of 2019. And as he lay dying, his killers walked over to his nearby tent and set that on fire. Uh, O'Sullivan, the accused, burnt some of his clothes in that fire and more in another fire. And Mr Justice Paul McDermott put the sentencing back until uh, later today. Something I suspect that a lot of people are, are waking up and paying attention to this morning is bus connects. Now, bus connects, you might remember, 
is the way in which they're going to improve bus services in Cork, at least that's what they're telling us, uh, and they're going to put in what they call sustainable transport corridors. That's a fancy word for bus lane. Um, a bus lane is where a bus or a taxi or a bike can get priority but in many places, the road network just isn't big enough for them. So they have to extend these things out. And there's a lot of these. So you'll get used to the initials STC because that's what they call them. And there's STCs that are going to be put right around the city. One is Dunkettle to the city. The other is Mayfield to the city. Blackpool to the city. Holly Hill, Ballincollig. Bishopstown, Toker, Airport Road, Maryborough Hill, Mahon and Kinsale Road to the city. And the, the detail is in the newspaper today. Owen English and Podrick Hoare um, are writing the story. The revision got the balance right, claimed the agency, but there is going to be so much conversation about this. And if you are somebody who is caught up in this or is worried that it's going to have an impact on your home, uh, do drop us a text this morning. Boring Manor Road residents welcome changes to the Bus Connects plan. There's a lovely picture um, by Dan Lennon of brother and sister Owen Olinchig and Katie Neilinchig, both pupils of Ballantemple National School, hugging a tree that has a yellow ribbon on it. Um, it was part of a local campaign against proposals in the first draft of the Bus Connects plan, but apparently there was 90 trees facing the chop. Um, and now uh, apparently those trees are going to be saved. Um, the group ran a highly visible campaign to save the trees and say changes to several parts of the Mahanta City Centre, STC, are still not what they could be, but it looks like a lot of those trees are going to be saved. It, it became a battle over trees and it became a battle over driveways and people are potentially going to go and go to court to try and save their gardens. There probably will be a lot of issues over trees being cut down. If you're worried about this, if you are one of those people who fears that it's going to have an impact on you, do drop us a text this morning or get in contact with the programme. Rentals for vulnerable at record low, says the Star. This is all to do with the ongoing discussions over the eviction plan running out. The Simon community has revealed a number of properties to rent for vulnerable people facing eviction is at its lowest level ever so therefore if you do end up being evicted this morning uh, at the end of the char- at the eviction ban um, you're not going to be able to go anywhere and the HAP scheme which is something that's the release valve for people who are in difficulty there aren't any properties in that either. Um, we're going to talk, uh, uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's on the front of the mail as well this morning, throwing her hands in the air because apparently your man hit her as opposed to her hitting your man for whatever reason. Um, the new laws on the front of the mail says, approved by the Attorney General, will boost the state's powers to forcibly buy back land in an effort to tackle the country's housing crisis as they continue to tinker around the edges and play with it and think that they're doing the right thing and the net impact on people who are facing eviction is absolutely negligible. That if you are in a difficult situation this morning and you're facing eviction because the eviction ban is going and this is the government's problem, they know that there's going to be very few options for you if you lose the house that you're in right now. And if the government thinks it's bad now and they're coming under pressure because of it, can you only imagine what it's going to be like when you do have people who will have nowhere to go, who will be looking for emergency accommodation, who may very well have been in a house and can afford a new house and and can't get to a new one. Some nice stories on the front of the papers as well this morning. The front of the mirror... Dogs are great, and and they genuinely are at at making sure they look after their owners. My dog, not so much. Uh, I refer to my dog more as a cat. Um, doesn't bark. 
uh, licks people who come into the house all the time. Not a very good guard dog. But I have to say, Des Hannon's Collie Riley probably would have the leg of you as well if you came into the house, but he did serve a different purpose according to the front of the mirror. He saved a man's life by waking him up as fire ripped through the home. This is a house up in Gertine in County Sligo and the fire broke out in St. Patrick's night and, and uh, Des was asleep as you would be upstairs and the dog barked woke him up, he was described as a lifesaver and he saved me. And there's a picture of a particularly burnt out house um, and a dog um, that is Riley, um, who I, uh, honestly looks like a dog who would have the leg if, if he had, had half a chance to get going. Um, and that is on the front there. But the one story I do want to get your opinion on this morning is a very serious story and it's only on the Neil Prendival that I'll have an opportunity to talk about something like this. There is a call for hash browns to be banned from breakfasts. I don't know about you. I like a hash brown. they're, they're, They're little triangles of potato joy. That's what they are. And there is a call for them to be removed um, because they don't suit some people's tastes. Uh, Now, there is an English Breakfast Society, whatever the English Breakfast Society is, and they are calling for this to be removed. They say that breakfasts are something of heritage, culture and uh, history and hash browns should be blacklisted and replaced with something called bubble and squeak. Now, I don't know what bubble and squeak is. It's some also potato-based product. I'm sure it'd be lovely. But the question is, what should you do if somebody wants to remove the hash brown from your plate? I think it is a disgrace. I think we should hold on to our hash browns. Um, but the question I want to ask you this morning, bubble and squeak, I'm told, is a British dish. Well, see, that's why we don't like it. Cooked potatoes and cabbage. What's wrong with British people that they want to put cabbage on their breakfast plate? So should we ban the hash brown completely from the full Irish? Because apparently it has no place according to the British and English Breakfast Society. So if you had an opportunity to remove one item from the breakfast that you have in front of you this morning, what would it be? Text us or WhatsApp us 086-8104-106. You can call us 0818-104-106. Is there something that should be removed from the Brickforster because it's not right. Uh, if you want to get in contact with us about the Bus Connects, do so as well. We have a very busy programme. I've got a button to press. This could go horribly wrong. Do stand by, listeners. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red right. FM. Yes, this is Red FM. Jonathan Healy filling in for Neil Prenderville this morning, who's filling in for Mick Mulcahy. It's a long, complicated story, but if you want to get in contact with us, you can text or WhatsApp 0868 I want to go to Strasbourg right now because we have got a very strong core contingent over uh, at the European Parliament. I think you're on the way back home now, Eva, are you? Nope, nope, we can't hear Eva. Let's try it again. Eva Corbett, can you hear me? The line is kind of repeating itself. Oh, the the line is repeating itself. No, I can hear you now, Eva. Can you hear me? Oh, hi. How are things? Hi, Jonathan. Thanks for having us on. I have no idea. Very good. I have no idea to press buttons. That's my fault. Uh, Eva, it's uh, lovely to talk to you. You are a teacher for transition year at Terence McSweeney College. What brought you over to Strasbourg? So our students in Terence McSweeney and Gwil Kaloshta, the Kivna, the Aenid, there entered a competition with Gashka, the President's Award, and it was based on their uh, work that they do to be sustainable development goals. And... um, uh, so the kids are doing fantastic work in, in the school around being more sustainable, like having um, 
uh, we've built Panther the Hedge Scroll, we have um, Community Cleanups, we have um, our Green Schools Committee, we've been involved in Junk Couture, and we've just done amazing stuff inside the school. So we submitted a video of all the work we were doing made by the kids, and we won a national competition um, from Gashka, and thanks to Jaron Gashka for helping us out with that. And um, we um, won a competition to go to your school in Strasbourg to speak at or to take part in the European Parliament and be an MEP for the day. Wow. And um, yeah, we came, we came over. We did stop in Paris Disneyland on the way over, which was a nice, <laughs> nice treat for us. <laughs> so what, it, was, <laughs> it wasn't all, all work. It wasn't all work. It there was a little bit of enjoyment. But you know what? For the last year, the kids have been working nonstop with support of our principal, Philip Lynn, and Neil Frieden, our vice principal, and all the staff um, in school. And um, can I just... Because I know everyone's listening, all the parents on the WhatsApp group, we told them we'd be on Red FM this morning. So to all the parents and the staff in school, um, thanks so much for their support because okay. um, it's brilliant. And, and to clarify as well, you haven't lost any of the kids. You are bringing them all back home, yeah? No, I'm bringing home 23 and 23 kids. Are you, sh- <laughs> are you sure? Uh, when was yeah. the last time you yes. did a head count? <laughs> just two minutes ago. Just two, <laughs> two minutes ago. They're all um, coming home. <laughs> w- one of the things that you had to do while you were there was you had to you had to present. It wasn't it wasn't just a jolly. You had to kind of put forward ideas. Yeah. So um, yeah, there's over a thousand students from over twenty from the twenty seven member states inside in the hemicycle in the European Parliament. It's absolutely you know fantastic. You know. So um, what what's actually happening then is that the kids actually get to submit questions or ideas in an innovation lab and then they can actually maybe ask questions of the president or they can actually present um, solutions around kind of issues and what we were talking about um, in yesterday's um, Euroscola was defence of women's rights and gender equality and I have a student here, Julie Duffy, who actually um, um, presented, you know, something that she thought was important around women's rights. Well, if Julie's next year, would you mind passing the phone over to her? I'd put Julie on, yeah. Okay, let's uh, have a chat with Julie. Julie Duffy, how are you? Hi. You're welcome to Red FM. Have you ever been on the radio before? Um, no. No. Have you ever won a prize on a radio station before? Uh, no. Oh, well, Julie, we're, we're, you're on a roll here already. So you're already broadcasting on the Neil Prendival Show. So all of Cork is listening, so don't be worried about it. Tell us what you were presenting uh, when you were in the European Parliament yesterday. Um, so one of the uh, one of the questions was um, like, what uh, do you think that um, childcare should be made um, more accessible or like kind of easier to access uh, for parents? And um, I said, yeah, because uh, at the moment it's like nearly eight hundred euro a month to put your child into crash or like into preschool or whatever. And, like, especially after the pandemic, like, not a lot of parents, both, like, men and women, would have um, would have that kind of money, like, or if they did have that kind of money, like, they'd literally be working just to put their child to a uh, crash. So, like, a lot of parents, after having children, they, like, they can't go back to work or they can't go back to ed- their education or whatever. Um, can I ask you, where did you get the idea for this? Because you had to come up with the project from somewhere. Um, well, we were kind of talking about it in school and things. Um, just, yeah, we were talking about it in school. Okay. So, 
So that means it's on your yeah. mind because at some stage you're going to probably have to pay for it yourselves as a group. So therefore, that's why you're worried about it. How many people were there when you were making your presentation yesterday, Julie? Um, I think there was over 800 people and then there was like another like two or 300 um, and they kind of done it online as well. So like there was like probably about 800 people present and then another two or 300 online. Okay, and were you sweating buckets standing at the front of uh, 800 people when you were making your presentation or were you were you cool as a cucumber like all kids in Terence McSweeney College? <laughs> no, I was, uh, I was shaking like a leaf. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but you got through yeah. it anyway, and did you get, like? Was there applause at the end? Did you did you get a, a, some kind of salute from the people in the audience? Uh, well, the, my classmates said that there like there was a big round of applause, but I was actually so nervous that I can't even remember. I, I'm sure I just like blacked out or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you, you survived it anyway. You, you can put it on the CV that you spoke in in the European Parliament. Eva, you, you you're very keyed in. What are you, you're a transition year student, so what? You're you're fifteen, sixteen, are you? Uh, yeah, I'm sixteen. Sixteen years of age, and yeah. you weren't. I know you say you were nervous, but at any point did it come through your mind going, "Oh no, no, you don't don't do this, Julie. Don't do this. This isn't this isn't it." Well, all my classmates were kind of pushing me to do it, remember, and like, because they were like, Julie, you'll be well able to remember. I was like, uh, no thanks. But, um, like, you know, when like when you want to do something, but like, there was just something that stopped me from doing it. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is once in a lifetime opportunity, and I'm probably never going to get to do it again. So I said, like, why not? Do you know what I mean? Okay. Do you have any interest in politics? Do you think you might go down the political route? You've, you've broken the back of it already by the sound of it. Um, no, not not really. Like, but sure, it was an experience. Like, do you know what I mean? Uh, well, look, we need good people in the world fighting the good fight. So I, th- I think you're on that list already, Julie. Will you throw me back onto Eva just <laughs> for a second there, or, or Miss Miss Corbett? Sorry, yeah. throw me onto Miss Corbett there. Okay. Of course, teachers. Okay. Teachers don't have first names, of course, uh, when, when they're I before their class. Eva, I mean, can I just say she's incredible. Um, she really she's is. She's amazing and very modest. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> very so there, modest, there definitely a, was a big round of applause afterwards, was there? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, um, you know, she followed all the etiquette. There's a lot of protocols and etiquette that go into actually um, presenting a proposal. You know, they wanted, like, in Germany, it's like you could be paying a thousand euro for the year for childcare, whereas we're paying 800 and more. I was talking to Seamus um, before. <laughs> He rang us about coming on and he was talking about how expensive it is. And, you know, it's a big issue for a lot of parents, you know, and if you want, you know, parents, especially women to go back to work or to education, they have to be able to access affordable education and quality education and make sure that the kids are looked after and support yeah. so they can actually pursue that. Could I, I know I'm kind of talking a lot, but could I say a big thank you to the people who actually um, helped us out? Like, you know, um, Georgia Kloon and Billy Kelleher were fantastic. Um, our local councillors were brilliant as well, um, Tony Fitzgerald, Mick Nugent, Kenneth Collins, Damien Boylan, and um, I hope I'm not forgetting anyone in Columbus. Okay. And a, a massive thank you as well to um, the, four te- the three other teachers that came with us as well. It wouldn't be possible without teachers putting in massive work mm-hmm. with students. Don't gloss it up now. It's crowd, it's crowd control if you've got 23 kids yeah. in a foreign city. So you need <laughs> the extra. So name, name check those teachers. Um, Who was with you? 
Yeah, Julie Maloney, um, our, a wonderful SNA, Trudy O'Halloran, and John O'Mani from Faroiga, who's like a real friend to our school as well. So, okay. and again, the parents, I know they're they're delighted we're on the on 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 the radio this morning. So, thanks very much for having us, Jonathan. One last thing, because I know you're rushing for a flight. Um, Julie's generation, so the sixteen-year-olds, they they get a bit of chip, and people give out about them, and they're stuck on screens, and they're they're hanging around, and and what good is going to come with them? Blah 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 blah. You see a very different side of it. I suspect. Well, our t- I, like I just think they're amazing. Um, our kids have come through so much. They're so resilient. They've come through a pandemic. You know, they're talking about you know, um, you know, not only their own rights but the rights of others. They've love empathy, and you know, we're just so proud of them. I just think they're fantastic. They are just. I think the future is safe with, especially the kids and Terence Maxine and Grail Kalashnikovna coming through. To be quite honest about okay. it, uh, and the North Side, I think of Cork. Uh, on the North Side, hands. on the North Side, on the absolutely. North. Well, we'll look, have to get that now, in. Eva, are you sure you still have the twenty-three of them? Because you've been on the phone I, for yeah, fifteen sure. minutes to me now. I mean, one of them I could know, have gone to the duty free in that time. Yeah, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, safe, tra- safe travels back to Cork and thanks so much Thank for joining us. Uh, Eva okay. Corbett, uh, teacher, so you're welcome, uh, teacher in transition year at Terence McSweeney College in Cork and uh, Julie Duffy, uh, who's old beyond her years. Uh, I, I, look, I, I talk nonsense for a living and have done so for a very long time. At 16, I was read useless. I genuinely read useless. I couldn't put two words together. And I was just starting uh, my first job uh, as a fuel injection technician in Charlie Murphy's on, on, on the Black Rock Road. Um, and if Julie is like that when she's 16, she's going to be a power for good in the future, most certainly. So thanks to them. And safe travels back uh, from Strasbourg. It is Free Food Friday, which is the main reason I'm happy to be here on the Neil Prendival Show on Friday with good, the good people at Roosters Piri Piri. They're in Douglas and they're in Blackpool and already I can see text coming in even though I hadn't even opened it yet to the good people of Cork we have got a selection of starters chicken wings chicken skewers beef skewers and a selection of mains chicken wraps chicken pittas beef burgers all of the meats this is I should put on my advertising voice for this all of the meats are basted in their famous medium peri peri sauce they'll also throw in peri salted fries rife well wife they're not going to give a wife waffle fries and rice conflated as wife. Uh, they will also throw in peri mayo and garlic peri mayo and a special treat. You can build your own cheesecake with a selection of toppings like Kinder Bueno sauce and Kinder Pieces, Nutella and lots more. Roosterspiriperi.com if you want to have a look at the website. If you and 14 of your workmates would like to get your hands on that lovely grub, all you have to do is text or WhatsApp us now with the name of the business and where you are and your name to 86 8104106. That's 086-8104-106. And we could be feeding you before the end of the program. Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. And Jonathan Healy filling in for Neil Prendival on this Friday morning. Good morning to you. And let's uh, speak to Christine and Neilan. Christina, good morning. Good morning, Jonathan. It's lovely to talk to you, even though the circumstances are those which you'd prefer to avoid. Tell us about your lovely little baby. Um, first of all, what was her name? Uh, Faye. Faye. And when Faye was Faye born? She was born on the 1st of October 2019. And things didn't go as you had expected. When did you know something had gone wrong? Um, I suppose for me, I actually wasn't entirely aware of what was even going on after she was born because... You know, um, so 
we were in the situation where it was it was an emergency cesarean section, um, which we hadn't planned for as such. Um, we had gone through an induction process to to try and encourage a labour vaginally, but that that didn't um, that didn't come to be. Um, so during the cesarean section. It was an emergency. It was kind of obvious at that stage that it was an emergency and there was kind of maybe a sense, an air of panic. Um, and then when Faye was born, she was, um, she gave out a little cry, but she wasn't shown to us or anything like that. She was kind of taken quite quickly, not out of the room, but taken to one side to try and be worked on and resuscitated and um, everything like that. Even at that stage, the, the hospital kind of did say to us, look, she might have swallowed some myconium and we need to work on that. But we, that's kind of what I took it to be. During my pregnancy, I'd watched loads of Emma Willis and I was saying to Kevin, this is totally normal, don't worry, this is fine, um, in my naivety. Um, but it didn't turn out to be something as simple as that. Um, yeah. When did you then realise that it wasn't something that you could have anticipated, that, that there was something very much wrong with Faye and that she was um, going to need to be moved to Dublin? So Faye was born at 10 in the morning and two minutes past 10. And we, uh, following that, we were brought into a recovery room that every kind of mother who's had a cesarean section is brought into and they just run vitals on you I suppose having undergone an operation so we were in the room with other parents and their babies we were visibly very very upset um, and we were just told about the myconium and that they'd update us as soon as they knew more so that was 10 o'clock and time pushed on um, I had obviously undergone a lot of you know, I'd been given a lot of uh, anesthesia and things like that, so I was in and out of sleep a lot. Uh, Kevin was obviously very, very anxious. And then at 2 o'clock, I kind of became more alert, and Kevin just said, look, we still haven't heard anything. And I said, why don't you just go down and ask, you know? Um, so he went down to the, the neonatal in CUMH, and they, um, one of the doctors just said... Look, it looks like there might be. He 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 asked, could he speak to me and Kevin together? And he said, it looks like there could be something wrong with her heart. And he did name a condition and that she would have to be transferred to Crumlin Hospital and that there wasn't really time to wait for a kind of baby ambulance as such and that she'd just go up in a normal ambulance if we were happy with that. And of course, we, we were just happy with his recommendation to get her the best care possible. And were, were, um, at that point, you, you were just after giving birth uh, by C-section. So you, you were you able to move at the same time or, or was it just going to be Kevin going off with Faye? Um, so what we were advised at the time was for Kevin not to go in the ambulance with say that she, that he couldn't um, and that he wasn't to follow the ambulance either because that would be dangerous because they would be blue lighting all the way to CHI Crumlin so for him to follow up with his parents in his own time and for me to be discharged the following morning um, to to meet them in Crumlin um, the day after my cesarean section mm. so 
and, and of course, with a very sick child like that, they, they bring them to Crumlin Children's Hospital, which anyone who's ever been there, and I'm, I'm on that list, it, it's, it's a very strange experience when you're going through the doors there. It's a very old facility, but the medical care, you know, you, you trust them that this is the best place that my child could be. But sadly, Faye's condition continued to deteriorate even after she got to that hospital. Yeah, her condition did. And I suppose the first kind of course of action that was taken was for the uh, cardiologist to to meet Faye because that's what they felt at the time, that it was her heart. Um, but the first thing that was done was that it was ruled out that there was any kind of um, any condition with her heart as such. Um, and it was kind of becoming more obvious to them that it was the case that all her vital organs were beginning to break down. Um, and, uh, you know, Crumlin were very thorough in fairness. They ran every test possible um, to ensure that they weren't missing anything. But, the, yeah, it, it transpired that all her vital organs were breaking down. She was kind of recovering to some extent because the organs can do that especially in babies who are quite resilient actually um but then after being in Crumlin for eight days um being on what could only be described as an absolute emotional roller coaster um we were uh, told that Faye was maybe stable enough to undergo an MRI on her brain and um the MRI showed that there was extensive lack of oxygen to her brain um, that had been caused prior to her birth. What was going through your mind? Again, you, you talk about it being an emotional roller coaster, but at that point you were just willing everything to be all right and there's nothing that parents can do in that circumstance except will and pray and hope. But when you got that news, it, I can only imagine the devastation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we were very much living in hope. I suppose nobody ever wants to think that that's going to be the outcome. And we were, because Faye appeared in some ways to be kind of recovering well, uh, as I was saying, a lot of her vital organs actually were. She did undergo dialysis for her kidneys, but a lot of her vital organs were actually kind of recovering, um, which the body can do. But when there's damage to the brain, that's irreversible and the brain can't recover from that. Uh, particularly, there was a lot of damage to Faye's brain stem. Um, so that that really is what what they would call the vital organ of the brain. <laughs> you know, the, the brain stem, um, without that, really, she had no quality of life. Um, when, when, and when, when going did, into that meeting yeah. was horrific. Um, and I think Kevin gave a statement at the inquest to say that we felt a little bit pressured to turn off um, life support. And I suppose without being disrespectful to Crumlin, it's just, I suppose, that in that meeting where we were told that there was no quality of life for Faye due to the MRI was also the same meeting that kind of things were made to make her more comfortable for sure is what the language would have been but in that meeting we weren't in a state to consider the next steps um, even a, a meeting half an hour after that mm. might have been preferable to us because you're very much in 
a, a state of hope and then a state of absolute, you know, devastation. And then things start to happen around you that you're not kind of, you know, you're just well, you're coasting not, well, you're, you're known as designed or programmed to, to deal with that. You couldn't anticipate how you're going to respond in that situation until you're in that situation. But let's let's yeah. go into the room when you knew that phase time with you was numbered. What what was it like to be there? Because 10 days prior, you'd been pregnant. It was a normal pregnancy. You, you were looking forward to the birth of your daughter. And, and then you were presented with the terrible situation that you had to say goodbye. Yeah, absolutely. And like you say, my pregnancy was extremely uneventful. I was, Kevin and I were completely and utterly un unprepared for what was going to ensue. Um, we went into the hospital. I had never, ever heard of a baby. It may be in my naivety, but I had never heard in my... ever about a baby who had gone full term, had no underlying health difficulties, had no um, conditions as such, um, nothing like that. I had never heard of somebody going into the hospital and not bringing home their baby. Um, and... I suppose Kevin was kind of from the day that Faye was born and the following day, he was very clear on what he felt had happened during the labor. Um, he had seen that at half seven in the morning. So as I said, Faye was born at 10 in the morning at half seven in the morning, I experienced and what look in layman's terms, it would be an over contraction. Um, so the contraction went on for more than five minutes. So I was given medication to relax my uterus. One of the nurses would have described it as the baby was in a bear hug. Um, so the medication was, the purpose of the medication was to relax the uterus because prior to that I was on medication to stimulate contractions. Um, and... Then kind of half an hour after that, one of the consultants took the kind of, um, I suppose I was eight centimetres. I'd gone quite quickly from two to eight centimetres within half an hour. And they took the, the decision to restart the medication to stimulate the contractions okay. again, which kind of, I suppose, from an ordinary person who were not trained medical professionals, of course, professionals, of course, but it just seemed odd straight away to Kevin that you would give medication to cause contractions, stop them, cause them again, and do it within such a short time frame. Uh, not, not to go into the kind of the legal technicalities of it, because it, uh, yeah. you, you spent two days at this inquest, and we, we don't have two days to go through it. The coroner, you, you, you told the inquest yourself and Kevin um, that you believe there were failures to recognise and react to abnormal readings from the monitors yes. uh, that measured the heartbeat and the contractions that you were undergoing. The coroner paid tribute to you, saying you had yes. compassionately and comprehensively contributed to the inquest. But the narrative verdict, uh, and a narrative verdict is effectively saying exactly what happened, uh, was read in, which was that the medical cause of death was in line with the post-mortem, which included multi-organ failure. Um an inquest is a terrible thing to sit through. You have to relive everything that goes on in, in minute detail. Are you happy with the outcome of the inquest now into Faye's death? 
I suppose, look, from our perspective, and obviously we're, we're emotional um, as well, we would have probably preferred a medical misadventure verdict. That being said, we do also understand that the coroner actually made reference to the fact that it's probably the most complex case that she's ever been involved in, which I think kind of does, it lends itself to the fact that the, it's, Faye, Faye showed signs of distress from five in the morning on the CTG, from five in the morning at varying times until the time of her birth and up to the time of her birth. So it's not easy to pinpoint a time exactly when the when the HIE or the lack of oxygen would have occurred. Um, and there's a number of times that that could have been. Mm. Um, at five in the morning, I was woken up. It was the first time I'd slept in two days. I, I was woken up to say the baby's in a, a little bit of distress okay. and we're going to move you to a labour room. Then at half seven, she was experienced, we experienced the over contraction um, and the baby didn't, Faye didn't react well to that at all. Um, she was in distress and her heart rate was uh, plummeting. She was what they call decelerations. Um, and that went on for five minutes. And then again, before her birth, um, and, and yeah, it, it and didn't it, it, entirely stabilise in between her. And this was your first child, so therefore you didn't really know what was going on and you were you were completely and utterly trusting what was happening around you. you, you yeah, and you, we were never told, you know, I suppose part of the reason that I want people to know this story is that it, things aren't told to you. And I can understand to an extent why they don't want to create panic, especially in mums, maybe partners could be told a little bit more, but especially mm. in new mums um, why you may not be told every No, but you, the, the, the point is, um, I'm a firm believer, always ask questions and keep asking questions. Yeah. And if you have a question, yeah. do ask them. Can I ask you, 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 obviously you remember Faye very fondly in your heart. You, you've gone on to have two other little daughters. What are their names? I have Fia and Ayla. Fia and Ayla. And how are they? They're nothing short of absolutely wonderful. <laughs> and you're going to tell them all about their sister, Faye? Yeah, yeah. Fia kisses, I suppose Ayla's a little bit young, but Fia gives her the picture of her sister a kiss every night before she goes to bed. Um, but obviously, they are also a constant reminder of what we've lost. Um, yeah, so as wonderful as they are, and they are just... In that sense, I mean, they are absolutely full of wonder. Okay. <laughs> they, they, um, they've had an extraordinary laugh that they don't even know about. Well, they are, They also have brilliant mammy and a brilliant daddy who's going to help them deal <laughs> with that when they do learn. Um, we, we remember Faye today um, and we wish you and Kevin the best of luck. Christine and Neilan, thanks so much for taking the time to talk to uh, us. Jonathan, on the sorry, I yep. just want to kind of really reiterate to parents and I don't mean to scaremonger anyone at all because it's a very scary thing to go in and have your first baby. But just especially for partners, actually, to just have a little quick look at what's a normal heart rate in a baby and just don't be afraid to refuse treatment okay. um, or to ask treatments to stop or, you know... Always, uh, yeah, absolutely. Be your own advocate. Uh, that, and that, yeah. that is such solid advice. Christina, thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you, Jonathan. Talk.
to Neil Prendeville now. 0818-104-106. I promise I'll get used to it. This is Jonathan Healy filling in for Neil Prendeville this morning. Um, let's go to the phone lines. John Amani, good morning, John. How are you? I'm very well. Um, you have a problem with your phone number, do you? Yeah, I just wanted to um, bring to people's attention, really, that um, there's a new phone scam sort of out there, but it's it's sort of the old type of one with a different angle on it. What they've actually done now is that they've cloned legitimate people's phone numbers um, uh, and are, are making calls to people. So basically, peop- a number of people have phoned me back over the last week saying that I, I phoned them. And um, I said, no, I didn't ring you. But they've, they've obviously missed the call, okay? But the people that they have got through to, they've tried to scam money out of them, you know? Okay. Using, well, my, using my phone number. Now, I'm guessing they don't sound like you, John. No, no. <laughs> so that, that's kind no. of a key giveaway. But do, yeah, is, I, is it, are, are they ringing and waiting for a call back or are they answering when, when they call See, back your that, number? That I don't know because any of the people that did phone me back saying, look, I missed a phone call off you, I didn't get into a conversation with them on it, you know. But um, I was down at, uh, I was in Brandon Garden Station yesterday and uh, speaking to uh, one of the, the Brandon down there and she was telling me that um, she actually rang one of the numbers for me and... Um, uh, no, she couldn't really discuss much with, with me under GDPR, I think, but she did start to say that um, the person she was speaking to uh, told them that it was someone with a foreign accent and did try to extract money for them. But the, the way there, she was, I was then to um, Claude Sullivan, a detective sergeant in English Street last night, and she was telling me that what they've done is that they're, they've cloned the number, but they can dial it to a computer in India. Um, so it looks legit coming through to your phone, you know? Well, they're doing this a lot because I mean, I've had this. I've had calls coming through that look like they're coming from the bank or they look like they're coming yeah, from yeah. someone you trust, but then you ring back and you find out it ain't, it ain't them and, yeah. and you, have to, you have to twig it. So none of, your, none of the people in your contacts list have managed to, um, to give money away, but I suppose, are they ringing people these that are, you know? These aren't even in, these, no, these are completely random Okay, people. so like they don't have your contacts, so they're, but no, they're using no. your number. So they might know yeah. that it's John O'Manny's number. No, no. Okay, so it, it is a real challenge for you. Look, John, we we are we, we're on record now as noting it. So this is another scam that's out there, and these guys are always trying to stay one step ahead of everybody. So uh, if you and see, the only advice we did was this for everyone not to give out your bank details. You know, yeah, def- definitely hold on to them at all costs. John, thanks for letting us know about it. We've had a lot of texts in from people who are obviously warning about uh, scams, and we've got some text messages that have come in throughout the week. If you have been victim of this or of something that has befallen you at some stage, 086 8104 106. You can call us 0818 104 106. This is Jonathan Healy filling in for Neil Prentival here on Corks Red FM. I'm Rory. And I'm Valerie. And you can join us for the very best in local, national, and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench. That's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Corks Red FM. The Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. And, and lots of people are not getting caught by scams. And I'm taking this as a really good sign um, that people are warning about them and they're saying this is an issue and this is what you need to be wary about. Because John O'Mahony was talking about people cloning his number, his legitimate phone number. And um, he was getting phone calls back from them saying, do you know that they're using your number for this particular scam? And he's, he's not alone. Lots of other people are saying that there's scams out there. We've got a text in from Amanda. Good morning, Amanda. Another scam is when you 
go through the M50 in Dublin. They send you an email within 20 minutes saying your card never registered and you have to pay. They give you the link. It looks so genuine and it's the proper website too and then they wipe your account. They must have hacked the M50 cameras and must be watching the traffic and within minutes of you passing they contact you so you think it's genuine and they're playing on a vulnerability that you have there. Let's bring in Ronan Murphy uh, of the chairman of Smart Tech 24-7, the Cork-based cybersecurity firm. Ronan, good morning to you. Good morning, Jonathan. Lovely to talk to you again. Ronan, tell me, the, these scams, who's behind them? There's a whole host of different actors behind them, depending on what scam it is. Uh, typically, the, the one where your caller's telephone number has been what we call spoofed. They're typically call centres somewhere in, in the Philippines or India. Um they're, they're not what we would call targeted scams, as in, you know, that, that poor gentleman who's had his, whose telephone number is being spoofed. They haven't specifically targeted him. They randomly generate these numbers for a campaign they're running in, in say, a specific jurisdiction, in this case, Ireland. So his number has been randomly generated and then they've been, they've been banging out uh, fraudulent calls using that telephone number. In other scenarios, they will actually target... Uh, specific enterprises such as Bank of Ireland or AIB or Airtricity or any of these utility providers and it's unfortunately um, believe it or not it's actually almost impossible to stop it given the nature the transient nature of the internet now and the way um, communications have gone the ability to spoof these telephone numbers um, is is, is it, it's yeah. virtually impossible to stop. This actually happened to us um, and, and our business account, of all things, that my wife got a text message uh, and then she got a phone call immediately afterwards and it sounded incredibly genuine because they had a certain amount of information, not all the yeah. information, but they had a certain amount and, and they were desperately trying to get her to give the login to the bank and, and obviously because she's smarter than I am she didn't do that and we rang the bank and they confirmed it was a scam but it, it is very easy to fall into the trap and as a result you can lose the money that's in your account because they'll just set themselves up and transfer it over won't they? Absolutely I mean these guys are getting better and better every day we we actually had an example yesterday where our finance department I was in, I was in Texas yesterday our finance department got an email saying you know I'm travelling and I need uh, transfer funds made immediately because of a mix-up with a flight. Now, we've the safeguards built in to protect against somebody making a transfer with that type of email, but I was impressed by how well it was timed, how good it looked. So these guys are continually innovating and finding ways to try and uh, get into people's bank accounts. Um, the, the, the M50 one, though, I'm, I'm intrigued by that. Um, is Amanda just unlucky that she happened to get an email after she passed through the M50 because it's unlikely that they've hacked the cameras. It's more likely that the spoofer's um, timing was really, really good. It's, I, look, I, I think for the most part it's timing. No, it might not be, right? It might not be. I've seen stranger things happen, but I have got those M50 ones. Uh, funnily enough, I've got them when I haven't gone through the M50 and I've, gone through, I've got them after I've gone, gone through the M50. So... Uh, so therefore, you know, they do, it, it is timing, it is timing, um, uh, I would say, but look, who knows. Um, one more text in here, I want to pass on a warning about a scam going around the Fromoy area. I was approached in a petrol station by a guy claiming to be from Northern Ireland who needed money to get fuel to get home. He flashes a GB driving licence and will give you his number to repay you and then you never hear from him again. Let your listeners know, never give anything to fellas looking for money for fuel. I gave him 30, he looked for 45. I spoke to others and they also have been caught uh, about six foot stocky bald in the late 40s. That's an old fashioned scam, Ron 
phone and where someone has actually taken money out of your hand, whereas the, the cyber scams that are out there are a lot more sophisticated. I, I yeah, You know what, Jonathan? Can I, I'd like to argue that point with you, right? I, I don't believe they are that, more, that much more sophisticated, to be honest. I think the principles are identical. I mean, it's common sense, whether it's the guy in the petrol station or uh, you receive a telephone call or an email, you know, you have to apply common sense to every scenario. I guess the difference, uh, what I would say about these types of scams is that the fact that they, sometimes the timing can be very good, the fact that they're coming into your personal device, but people just have to use cop on. It's amazing how many people fall for them without actually questioning the validity mm. of it. Basically question everything, question every email you ever get. And, it, and if you apply basic principles to it, the chances of them actually being successful are significantly minimised, I would say. Can I just ask you, Ronan, because obviously Cork is the centre of the universe for both you and me. The word spoofed is a wonderful Cork slang. Uh, have you introduced that to the global lexicon of cybersecurity? Because that would be brilliant if you did. I'd love to say I have, but unfortunately I haven't. That, that, the, the, the spoofing of, uh, of, of telephone numbers that, that's been in, in use for many years but uh, I, I might try and take the credit for that, that, 100% Ronan Murphy of Smartech 24-7 thanks as always sure, for joining Ronan. us Bye thanks Ronan um, lots of texts uh, we were talking about the hash brown earlier and, and if you're having your breakfast this morning uh, which I was supposed to be doing uh, with someone until I ended up here um, the idea that you'd have a hash brown on the site to me seems perfectly natural um, and, and you know long long live the hash brown on the breakfast plate but uh, it was being objected to by the English Breakfast Society of which there is such a thing uh, a couple of texts says uh, you're doing great um, thank you no idea what I'm doing with the buttons many buttons um, uh, but I've got to say yes remove the hash brown disagree completely bubble and squeak because uh, that was the alternative they were talking about putting in there uh, and it has cabbage in it which is not a breakfast food in my humble opinion. Bubble and squeak is a fry-up of the vegetables from the night before and you have to add eggs to it to make it work. So that's that's good. That's that's good for sustainability. Um, <laughs> and one more. Jesus. Who's the presenter saying that the reason Irish people probably don't like bubble and squeak is because it's English? F and cheek. And a little bit racist. Because that's like saying the Irish hate the English too. I, I, I disagree heartily with you but anyway not good enough for a Red FM presenter good news I'm only here for the day uh, that actually annoyed me can't wait for Neil Prentiful to get back rant over but switch I switched to another radio station he can't hear me ranting about him back this is a missed opportunity for this poor man anyway um, he's switched to another radio station he's probably switched back now it's likelihood I could turn up on the other radio station as well. I mean, it's devastating for the poor chap. On Gwyneth Paltrow and Skigate, when you mention Gwyneth Paltrow, I remember she played the sex assault card which changed the direction of the case to which there is no defence. I've tuned in and out of that case and it is just bizarre that this would ever have made the inside of a courtroom. And I think only in the United States would it have made the inside of a courtroom. Because if you, and, and only because Gwyneth Paltrow has a few bob in her back pocket, not necessarily when she's skiing did the case end up there, but she won anyway. And uh, one more to counter the, the man who um, didn't like what I said about bubble and squeak. You're only on for 15 minutes or so. This is about an hour ago. They've probably turned off as well. But I think you've got a good voice for radio and I like you already which is nice. Can I recommend the Red Business Podcast on redfm.ie, which is available right now? 
I do that the whole time. It's in another studio, mind you, but I do that too. Uh, free Food Friday. We have got loads of text messages. I, I really am happy that we're doing Free Food Friday when I'm filling in for Neil. Um, Roosters Piri Piri are giving us food for 15 people. Loads of lovely grub. You can have a look at their menu, roostersperiperi.com. And we want to say a big shout out for Free Food Friday to Leisure World in Churchfield. They're looking for food. Absolute property. Absolute property group in Bandon Road would like to be included in the draw. Tidy Mechanical Repairs in Ballycurneen. Uh, hello to you. Uh, Crazy Monkey Skate Shop. Are we checking that these are actual genuine names for businesses? Because half of these could be made up. Crazy Monkey Skate Shop in Douglas. Uh, day service staff in Lota. Good afternoon or good morning to you as well. Uh, the ESB are working hard out in Wilton, uh, making sure everyone's power stays on. So good morning to you, Zach Slowey, who's there. Quinlan's Motor Factors in Dennehy's Cross. You're in the list as well. Magella Kremen in the planning department at Cork City Council. She says it is her last Friday with the team before she moves to a new job next week, which is why she says she is deserving of the food. You must clearly like your colleagues that you're willing to feed them before you go and not feed the new crowd next week. Kira from Ireland Wastewater is in there as well. ECI JCB Carrick Tool, uh, they're saying good morning. Perry Perry Chicken is a real treat and would be sweet. Poetry is an interesting approach, but we thank you for the effort. Um, Cope Foundation are in there as well. Shane from Pipe Life in Little Island. Again, an intriguing business. I need to Google it. Uh, They'd love it. They're all working in the rain, so they need something to keep them going. And uh, Striker in Spring Hill, the NS cell in Carrick Tool. Um, I'm presuming that's just localising it so that others in Striker don't get the free chicken. Uh, Thanks to everybody. If you want to get your hands on that, you can text or WhatsApp 0868-104-106. And uh, we'll get to more people. And we will, of course, announce the winners of the free food a little bit later on. Jonathan Healy in for Neil Brendable. It's 20 past 10. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818-104-106. Red FM. Jonathan Healy in uh, for Neil Prenderville this morning on Cork's Red FM. Lovely to talk to you this morning. Um, We've been talking about, on this programme, a a firm by the name of O'Mahony Plumbing and Heating. And again... If John O'Mahony of O'Mahony Plumbing and Heating could come back to us, it would be great. We will take your call quite happily now, 0818-104-106. You can text us, 0868-104-106. And we've made numerous attempts on the programme to contact John because we've been receiving a lot of messages that have come through relating to him. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who would like to hear from you, John, if you, if you are listening. Um, some of the texts we got in, we tried to contact them. We have called both provided numbers every working day um, since someone got in touch. All calls rang out. We left a message. Uh, we've uh, been contacting Marina Commercial Park, where there was an office. Um, they've never had no Mahoney plumbing and heating wrench there a lot. But we know uh, uh, there's other people have been potentially uh, using addresses that they, they haven't been at. Uh, we've also been in contact with the Association of Plumbers and Heating Contractors uh, and they say they don't know about O'Mahony Plumbing and Heating and it's important to say that there is legitimate plumber called Liam O'Mahony who's a plumber from Ballyfahan and we've contacted him. He's very much a legitimate plumber who's registered with the association so we're not talking about him. We are talking about a John O'Mahony um, of O'Mahony Plumbing and Heating and we've had lots of people contacting us since uh, Alan who got the first call into us about this. So let's let's bring in Caroline, who's on the line. Caroline, good morning to you. Morning. How are you? What did you need to get done to the house? Um, we had an issue with our heating. So we had, basically, we had to get, we still have to, get all the pipes replaced to the rads um, on our downstairs house. 
So we had, we basically, we had two different plumbers and John was one of them to get two different coats. And we were going with John because he was, do, he said he could do it in a much neater way, we'd say, than the other plumber. Now, we that probably um, can't be done either because I wouldn't trust his words now after everything that's happened. But, okay. Um, so yeah, so t- tell, it, tell us what did happen. So he must have come out to the house and he, he, he did a recce on the job, I'm presuming. Yeah, yeah. So it was himself and another colleague of his came out to our house. Um, it was my partner that was here with our baby at the time because I was working and... Um, they, like everything seemed legit. We did our homework. We looked. Uh, he had all good reviews, and um, so he told us the job. He gave us a quote. We had gone through our insurance company to um, to put through a claim, and um, so he, like the assessor, rang him. He gave him a rundown of what the job had to be done. We got invoices from him of the breakdown of what, like each. Um, Thing would cost to do the materials and everything so like from our part everything was legitimate until like he asked for um, a deposit of half the money up front and, and then the rest when we got when he got paid but that, but you weren't you weren't kind of put off by that because that, look that that's not unreasonable no, you'd, you'd, you'd have to buy things and you'd amount. have to yeah if it was the full amount I would have been a bit iffy but like I like contractors have to be, you know, people cancel on them as well. So I understand that people look for a deposit, and I we've had we only live in our house a year and a half, and we've had jobs done in it where I've had electricians, plumbers, you know, different guys. Out, so this is a bigger job, so that's why we went with John. Um, and how and much money did you hand over, um, Caroline? Um, over sixteen hundred. That's a lot of money. Yeah, it was double the amount, like the, the job altogether was double the amount. Um, so my partner, Darren, he goes away with his job. So we, like, we didn't hear from John for a few weeks, which wasn't surprising because I didn't want the job done until Darren was home um, because of the baby as well. What, which, um, we, when the ba- which we can hear. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> you're, 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 you're juggling tasks, Caroline. So we're keep, mo- we're keep going as, mo- as long as you can, as long as you're allowed to do it by the baby. You're grand. Um, so, like, then when we tried to pin John down when Darren was home and um, we could get the job done in the last few weeks, um, there's been radio silence. So he hasn't, like, it's gone to voicemail. He's both his numbers. We've emailed him, texted him, and um, nothing at all. We've gone to the guards. All the guards said it was it was a civil matter, and and they couldn't do anything. Like we, I suppose, where my bar- partner works, there's people who know people. They know where he lives. Okay. Well, yeah, we. Uh, uh, and well, I wouldn't give out any of that. Yeah, yeah. No, I appreciate that. that. But my my question you is: know. let's try and be as <laughs> fair as we can here. Uh, yeah. how, how long has passed since you first engaged him and gave him that deposit? Um, a month. Right. So that's yeah. not an unreasonable amount of time, but it's just you're concerned by the radio silence. Yeah, yeah. So he was la- sorry. He was last in contact in the ten- on the tenth of February with Darren. Okay. And what did he say on the tenth of February? Um, so it was basically that Darren would touch touch base with him when he was back um, in Ireland, um, so they could pin down a date to do the job, and that was all good. Um, so and you were kind of waiting for them to come back, and they never came back. I mean, tradespeople take time; they're busy; they're waiting to come back. But your your concern now is that you're not going to either get your deposit back or the work is going to be done. So, what do you want to say to John O'Mahony now if he is listening? I, like, if he's listening, like 
my partner went away to save the money to get this job done, you know, and just give us back the money, that's all. You know, just give us back the money. A lot of effort and stress went into saving that 1,600 euro by the sound of it. Yeah, yeah. Like, we have a small baby. He doesn't like leaving him. Had to go away, you know. And every, everybody has their jobs to do and everybody's in hard times at the moment. But I just don't understand how people can do this to other people. And people are scrimping and scraping to pay their way at the moment. And... We're back to square one now. We're three months without the heating downstairs. And you know what? We've, we've dealt with it. We've got, I've gotten a heater off my mother. You know, put on extra layers. That's grand, you know. So hang, hang a second. So you, you have no heating on the ground floor at all. So it's not like no. you were replacing pipes that were still working, but not, uh, not, not as efficient as they used to be. You, you have no heating That's on the it. ground floor with a small baby in the house. Yeah, yeah. So, no, I, like, as I said, there's people worse off out there than us, you know, 10 times old. But, and we're making, we're making do, but if we don't get back our money, it's probably going to be another three months by the time we save up the money again to get the job done, you know? So all we want to do is just, just give people back their money. Like, I'm not the only one either. Just have a heart and give people back their money. Mm-hmm. And, and do you think there could be maybe just a misunderstanding or he has a backlog of work that he can't get to you? I, I mean, could, do you want to give him the benefit I, of the doubt? At the start, I did. I was like, you know, maybe he's on holidays because I thought of that straight away. I said, Sarah, and I go, maybe he's on annual leave and the phone is off. That's fair enough. But the weeks have gone past and there's too many reviews coming up on his website and there's the these calls coming into your radio station that I'm like, there's one too many people now in the same situation and I think as well you and I thought maybe he might have been hurt or in hospital but I also think you probably would have done your homework, you know, that I I just, I, you know I don't want to be thinking negatively but I think it's too far gone now. Okay. Um, and, and you're worried that you're not going to get the money back and that is the legitimate oh. worry you have. What is yeah. the name of the baby in the background who, who you're desperately oh, trying to keep quiet? <laughs> That's Noah. He's playing with the remote control, so he's usually not allowed to have. So, <laughs> well, fingers crossed he doesn't lose the remote control because any small no. child I've ever had has had a skill of doing that. Um, Caroline, we hope you get the money back. Um, we hope you get the heating fix. More importantly, thank you so yeah. much for taking the time to talk to us this morning. Okay. Thanks for having me on. Take uh, care. Um, and and it's not the only uh, text, as you know, that we've been getting in. And, and John, if you're listening, if John O'Mahony is listening right now, and John O'Mahony the plumber, the person we've been talking about, um, trading as O'Mahony Plumbing and Heating, as far as we can make out, do if you have a story to tell, do tell us, because there's a lot of people who are upset and are worried right now that you could probably settle their nerves if you were able to talk uh, to us about it. I got caught by O'Mahony, says another listener. We paid 4700 for a new boiler, boiler. He fitted it, but the alarm kept going off. I called Borgash, who disconnected it. It cost me 200 quid to get it reconnected. will be another 1000 So you're, you're talking about thousands of euro. And I'm not a plumber. I don't know how complicated these things are. I'm lucky that I've always had a good plumber who could do the job that I wanted them to do. But... When you have people who are in the middle of this cost of living crisis, who are trying to keep ends meet, who are paying the rent or paying their mortgage, these things put tremendous pressure, as you heard Caroline there. I mean, they just want their money back. And that's not a huge ask if the work hasn't been carried out. Keep the text messages coming in to us. Uh, 86 8104 106. Loads more free food Fridays, which we'll get to in a while. Stay with us. 
Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. It's not really talk to Neil Brennan, but it's talk to Jonathan Healy. Good morning. Um, um, nice to be filling in for Neil on this Friday morning. Free food Friday. There's so many. We're trying to give food for 15 of you away, courtesy of Roosters Piri Piri. And uh, we want to shout out to the Complete Upholstery Centre and Foam Services in Barrick Street. Love the show. Flattery will get you everywhere. Uh, Karen and her colleagues at the Pharmacy Department in the South Infirmary, they would love some donuts. You've entered the wrong competition. We're giving away chicken. It's not the same thing. But we'll put you in for Free Food Friday. Anyway, Darren at Standard Aero on Carrick 2 would like a JMC Couriers in Toker. Um, Barbaria in Fermoy would like to share with Toss Bryans in Fermoy. That's nice, isn't it? I mean, the, very little people share. Very few people share. Uh, these days. So yeah, we, we'll put you on the list. Hello Corks Red FM. Hello Avril from Irish Wastewater in Riverstick. They manufacture precast concrete water uh, tanks and they would love roosters. Nice to know what you do. Um, I kind of the key was in the Irish Wastewater. But anyway, thanks. Thanks for getting in contact. Keep the text coming through to us. I want to uh, speak to Joe of Joe's Hair Salon. How you doing, Joe? I'm just going to get in now for you. One moment. You are not Joe. Well, you see, now you're on the radio, so I have to ask, what's your name? Hello. Ah, uh, Joe, who was that? You're ruining it for me. I was about that to put that lady on the spot. That was my beautiful assistant, Francesca. <laughs> well, Francesca... And they're, they're getting such a hard time this morning, those poor girls. They're getting bored. Can I, can I point out, poor Francesca just had the fright of her life there because she accidentally ended up on radio, which is the nightmare scenario for everybody. Yeah, you, <laughs> which me doesn't mind. I never mind things like that. And we know that, Joe. It's lovely to talk. I'm, again. I'm a bit lovely to talk to you too, my friend. How are you keeping? I'm very good. Joseph's hair salon, of course, is your business, and you're nice and busy on a Friday morning. Oh, crazy! Yeah, all demented women are in at the moment now, driving me crazy. <laughs> Can and I point? What do you do, like, Joseph? As a man whose hair takes absolutely no effort whatsoever, what do you do on a day like today when it's lashing rain and windy and horrible? And the second all the lovely work is done, they go outside the door and get destroyed. Well, but normally the poor cases of a husband come up to the footpath and park straight outside the door. Either one of me or the girls or someone goes out there with an umbrella over her and she's whisked into the car then. Right. And if there's any bit of rain or freeze gets on us or little mice, the hair would go fizzy and I'd get blamed. You see, My that's I never lasted all week. And I said, when you left us raining... <laughs> We see there, there is a phrase in broadcasting it was fine when it left here and, and, and that's exactly, kind of what you could yeah. say about there and like yeah. would you ever think of remember years ago they used to have the little plastic covers that used to go over the hair and, and they tied like oh. would, shawlies would have used them I mean, are, are they yeah. out of fashion now? No but what I do is I put a plastic bag over them Right any particular type of plastic, plastic bag? bag? Like Duns? Not at all Central? I don't care what I put open once they get out the door You see the thing about Joseph's they like it so much they won't go home Right, and you're stuck Last with them. Last week I had to ask three women, I said, have you any homes to go to? They're there, they're having their little cakes and their trash and their coffee and the whole lot. Since COVID now, we're back to square one, it's fabulous, we can do all that again. You're looking after we them too well, Joe. That, you know you're, too, I mean? you're looking and after them amazing, too well. I tell you, they're amazing customers, they're fabulous. They're well, with me since 1985 now, some of them. Right, okay. Uh, well, I got a point. Oh, I, no, I, 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 I love the way that you are insulting them and complimenting them at the same time, and oh, that is a particular they, they would, skill. They would not have it any other way. There's no PC. There's no PC at Joseph's. Good. <laughs> well, what you are, you, you may not have PC, but you are looking for Easter eggs, I believe, which is why we're talking to you this I, morning. What are you looking I for? I am indeed. Look, we do it every year. We do an Easter egg from Coonley, Refuge, Edel House, uh, Penny Dinners, and the Good Shepherds, and a few others. And they're coming in like mad. They're fabulous. So 
So I'll just put it out to anybody, one or two Easter eggs just to drop into Joseph would be brilliant. We're doing our deliveries at the moment, and if we could have them in by the end of next week, would be amazing. Now, see, the thing about Easter eggs is that they're, they're not that expensive at the moment. If you buy them now, if you leave it until Easter Saturday, you're going to be spending a fortune. But, you know, it's yeah. got your three for five, and you've got your three for ten. So it doesn't really matter what size of Easter egg you're looking for, is it? No, no, it doesn't. And I'll tell you one thing. We went into a certain centre recently um, for, for domestic violence and I won't say where or anything. a little lad three years of age and we said oh Easter Bunny came here they said you're very special you should see his face just lit up and went off and got one for his sister you know what I mean he was just so thrilled when I get something I'm giving it to the person I can actually see the, the people that are getting it you know what I mean and it's brilliant and it's so rewarding but you know you you would think no no I'm rambling on a lot because customs are inside looking out the window at me you would think that there's not a need for it but there actually is mm. not everybody has the same luck in life and and there are no. those who are in that difficult situation who could be in, in a refuge or who could be using the services of Katrina and Penny Dinners that would, exactly, that, would yeah. that would love even the smallest of Easter egg you know, it's the gesture, it's the kindness, it's, you know what I mean, the models get quite emotional, and I think it shows the kids too that it's a nice thing to do, or they enjoy it, and some kids come into Joseph, wish Easter eggs, and say, oh, that's for someone, you know, I got too many of them, or I don't want mine this year, could you give that to, to somebody, you know what I mean? And how long did you say you've been doing this, Joe? Oh, for the last 10 years, if not longer. And what prompted you to do that? Because not every business will do this, and it's not down to years the individual. Ago, I, just, I just started doing the odd free haircut for people, and I say, come in if you're stuck, or, you know, get onto your dead house and places like that, and they come in. And then I'd hear the stories, and then I'd say, it's just Eastman, why not get a few Easter eggs or selection boxes for Christmas and things like that? And then it just took off. Yeah. You know, it's, it's got very, very big. Um, there's a gentleman... Um, Sean Murphy gave me 400 euros worth of Easter eggs the other day. Just arrived at the house. He's from Energy Blazing. Just arrived at the house with 400 euros worth of Easter eggs. And a company today gave me 400 euros in an envelope. And you know what I'm doing? You know the book station in Douglas? Yes. They're wrapping up now things like um, crayons, copy books, Easter bunny stories, all things like this. And that's not all be about chocolates. I don't want everyone to be diabetic in cough. You know what I mean? So we're trying to get an educational thing as well. And if you're in a refuge like that, or if you come in late at night and you have little, you know, Easter bunnies or crayons or things like that. So they're doing 400 euros worth of stuff, but they nearly give me about 600 and they're amazing. They just give back. Joe, you're, you're some man for one man, Joe, to do all of that and to be running your business at the same time because you don't have to do it. I know you were talking to Neil recently. I was listening. You, you had been a little under the weather. Are you feeling better? I'm feeling better now. The law decided to keep me for another while, but we had a bit of a scary time over Christmas and a lot of meds now and then. But um, what was I going to say? The stress from all the women in here, and I wonder I'd end up in hospital. There's a woman out there. You know what she's doing now? She's looking out the window at me. They say, would you come on into my hair? <laughs> and there's another one, Mary March. She's on the phone. She's going to have to dingle now, and she's all she wants to do is get her hair done. Now. And, you see, and, and all, you're, to, all you're doing is delaying it by talking to me, Joe. I nearly want to keep the uh, conversation going uh, just uh, to get you into trouble. Girls, will you say hello to Red FM there for us, please? Hello! Oh, I can hear the trouble. Now, there's trouble all over. And is poor Francesca and, and all right? I never said hello. 
What? It's, it's poor Francesca, all right, because I still think she, she's Francesca not recovered. She's fine, yeah, she's, she is, yeah. She's a ball of sweat there now because she's shampooing somebody's hair. <laughs> now I have to go. Go on, come here. Go, Joe, for the love of God, go look after those lovely ladies. Anything Joseph. to Joseph's if they can would be amazing. Joseph's Hair Salon, Glasheen Road, looking for any kind of Easter eggs, throw them in there. And Coon Lee, Adele House, and Penny Dinners will be the beneficiary of that. What a lovely man, and what a lovely idea uh, to do that. Uh, Cork County Council are working in Nakra Hatar and the roads. They'd love to win. Free Food Friday does it be a great start to their weekend the South Infirmary we're on every radio in the South Infirmary that's good to hear um, the patient oh, unless your man who was given out about me earlier on and he turned it off uh, the patient admission and accounts in the South Infirmary Hospital very important people in the South Infirmary they would like to be included in the draw you are in um, I would like to get this sent up to my husband's workplace Musgrave Marketplace up on the airport road he's dyed his hair blue for autism today they're doing a fundraiser and work they'd be thrilled with the food see that that's it now you're not just looking for the free food you're doing good things as well so that's nice the catering staff out in CUH on the late shift 12 to 8.20 that's a very specific end time 8.20 and they'd love uh, but they wanted to arrive between 5.30 and 6.10 I don't know do we do specific deliveries you might be asking a bit much there Uh, thanks to Val who sent us that loads more coming in we'll get to as many businesses that we can list off Uh, there's plenty in there Um, and then someone also makes the point I would think the Terence McSweeney School should get the Free Food Friday as a congratulations for their amazing work and what they achieved because we were speaking to Eva earlier on and that team who were over in Strasbourg. They're, they're on the plane back, uh, so they're not getting it today, but they might, they might qualify for it at another stage. Thanks very much for that. I'm going to speak to a man in just a minute who had the joy of bringing Joe Biden around the country on his last visit when he was Vice President and he'll give us a bit of an indication about what we can look forward to when he visits these shores in the next few weeks. This is Jonathan Healy in for Neil Prendeville. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prendeville now on 0818 104106 Red FM. Jonathan Healy in for Neil Prendival this morning. Lots of people telling us about scams and how they are getting caught by various different texts and different things. 0868104106 if you want to text in. I remember somebody telling me once that they were sitting uh, in a car and they had to check um, on Post's website uh, to see whether something had been delivered because, you know, you can track a package. And then with just by chance, within five minutes, they got a text saying, oh, the duty had to be paid on that. And they went through that entire process and they put in their bank account details and they lost about six or seven thousand euros and they couldn't get it back. It was really upsetting for them. Um, but that's what they're waiting for. They're waiting for that little bit of a chink in your armour so that they could get in. Uh, so we'll come back to scams a little bit later on, hopefully. Um, Joe Biden, the US president, is visiting visiting these shores in two weeks' time. He's going to arrive on the 11th of April. No talk of him coming side yet, to his shame. Uh, but I want to bring in Robert Rohu. Robert, how are you? Good morning, Jonathan. Nice to talk to you. How are you getting on? That's bad. I just want to say you're doing a great job this morning. I haven't broken Anthony you know? yet anyway, Robert. I'm, I'm, I'm trying my best, I can tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Very enjoyable source of power. Very enjoyable. Uh, tell me a little bit about your interaction with Joe Biden when he came here. It was eight years ago, so he was vice president at that stage, was he? Yeah, he was, yeah. Like, like um, well, I, I was driving coaches at the time and I got a phone call from a company in Dublin on to know where I go up and do a job for them for 10 days. So I said, yeah, no problem. I go up and I'd, uh, whatever it was, you know. So um, little did I know what I was facing to. Um, now, I did get a little bit of a wrinkle. I, I had a couple of strange phone calls from um, from people just inquiring about my background. And, you know, I wasn't 
too worried about it because I thought it was some kind of a security detail. I was doing Dublin, so I just put it down to you know, whatever. So I went to Dublin and, and um, re- then realised that I was going to be driving in what they call the bubble or uh, a convoy of vehicles that were uh, connected to Joe Biden visit and his brother. So um, it was an amazing experience, Jonathan, uh, from the from the get go to when we had to bring the the buses and all the vehicles that were in the convoy up to Swords in Dublin into the Gavels um, headquarters to get them sterilised, as they call it. Yeah, do you mind yeah, explain the bubble to people who don't know what you're talking about, Robert? Right. Well, well, when when the vehicles are taken um, on high, I will say they're they're brought in and they're they're checked over. Make sure there's no hidden devices, no nothing wrong with them, or no, I suppose no, I don't know, incendiaries or whatever, planted in or whatever. But they're they're checked thoroughly by specialists, and those vehicles in are sterilised. That they're they're actually safe for people to travel in, and they're kept in a locked unit, and um, they can't be taken out of that area. Um, if you have to go out of that area, even for refueling, you're out of the bubble, and you have to be rechecked again and sterilised. So um, we there was about 35 vehicles in the convoy, and um, basically um, we'd be led, we'd be led by um, on Gardaí Chicana outrider motorbike riders, yeah. and we were told never to use indicators, um, check inside, check outside, check the rear view mirrors because the bike would be coming at high speed. Um, Just out of curiosity, Robert, do you, you do use indicators normally? Yeah, it's, it's, it's well, kind of part yeah, of the well, training. We were told, well, we were told, like, you don't have to use indicators when in the convoy. You just follow the vehicle in front, keep a safe distance, and keep up the speed. And literally, we went through Dublin, Jonathan, one evening in about, I'd say, six minutes. We were through the whole city centre of Dublin, and 35 vehicles, you know, just some so experienced to be stuck on, you know. I have to say, I, I've been in that bubble um, a couple of times over the years at various different uh, reporter and as various VIP visits and, and for the Queen and and for others, uh, the, for Clinton and a few others who would have come over. I find the outriders terrifying because they're yeah. zipping in and out and no matter, the, the, the fear that I constantly had was one of them was going to get manxed by a bus because they're just weaving in and out of traffic the whole yeah. time, stopping cars, making sure that you can get through the city in six minutes. Oh yeah, like they they really showed their training, you know. Um, I mean, from 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 the very very staff, like I was extremely impressed with the Irish Gardaí and the guys um, that were, um, you know, looking after and planning the um, the whole visit. But then when I realised then that I was uh, I had secret service agents in my bus. Um, oh, I, you would, oh hang on, hang on. You had the fellas with the earpieces and the guns? Oh, no, I had the guys. I had guns in my bus. I had <laughs> the guys with the shotguns. Oh, I, I saw I saw this. I never saw so many guns in all my life. Like, all the all the officers are... Um, oh, was, it you, was, it, was it you they didn't trust, Robert? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. This, this, this is just, like, I, I brought... Just to give you an example, I brought two guys up to Carlingford. Um, we were a week before the visit. And one, one day I went up to Carlingford, half a state in the morning, and I wasn't back home in the evening until half a state back to Dublin with two guys. And they checked out the whole village of Carlingford in minute detail. They, they checked, and they were up and down off roofs, and they were, able, they were just sussing out the whole place to make sure there was nothing going to happen to the vice president. Yeah. And, and, and was, uh, was there ever, because what I've always found over the years is when you introduce more than one 
element of law enforcement that they, they sometimes will disagree with each other. So did you, did you experience any of that when they were over that uh, one crowd wanted <laughs> to do one thing and another crowd wanted to do another? Well, no, I must say no. They worked very, very well together. They worked very well and the, the Secret Service agents were very respectful towards us as drivers. They spoke to us in the morning. They'd say, you'd be going down with, say, with your with your group and they'd say, driver, you need to close your ears now and they'd be talking about the security for the day and um, it's a bit fun, but they, no, they were uh, serious now. You never close your ears. Don't, <laughs> don't kid me. <laughs> well, like, I, I remember now the day we were in Dublin Castle. Um, they left um, their... Had the arms, the my lot of guns in the bus, like, and um, yeah, they were told. I was told that I had to stay on the bus and not to open the door to anyone. And they came down then, and I don't know, they were just backwards and forwards, like, with stuff. But they were ready for action, Jonathan. You know, like this is serious, like, and um, I, I must say that it was a, an unbelievable experience. Mm. Um, we met Jordan, and he I was just going to say, did, did you actually get to meet the man himself? Oh yeah, well, absolutely, a lovely man. He stayed in the ambassador's residence in the Phoenix Park. And once you go into the ambassador's residence, your phone would kind of go dead. And there was, there was two, two um, kind of buildings on either side of the five acres of the property. And that was to basically shut down all mobile phones in the vicinity. And um, so we went in and we were packed up inside there. And out comes Joe in the morning and we all kind of lined up and he spoke to every one of us. And he thanked us for what we were doing and he told us why he was here. He was proud to be an Irishman and his brother was with him. And um, I think some of his grandchildren are, uh, but a very, very nice man. Mm. And, and like at that time, Jonathan, he was the second, second most powerful person in the world. So, you know, there was a lot of security around. Yeah, you wonder, though, I mean, a lot of people would say, how real is the Irish thing? Because, I mean, he, he has, his, his people moved over there during the famine. So the Bluets in Mayo and the Finnegans in Louth, and we haven't found any car connection yet, but there's probably yeah. somebody somewhere. You know, he goes on about being a proud Irish man. Is, is that genuine, given that you met him? Absolutely. He comes over as being a gentleman now, Jonathan, like, and he's, he's loved over in Mayo as well. Um, I mean, they, he, they used to fly over there in helicopters and um, there was another uh, convoy over there um, used to take them around, you know. So there was two convoys, um, one in Dublin and one in Mi- and the West Coast, you know. Right. Which was a mighty experience. So like, and uh, the planning would have an interest, um, you know, the security um, and all that. Like it was brilliant to be on, on the runway of Dublin Airport I was right alongside Air Force One, you know. The experience, you'd never forget that kind of experience. No, it's certainly not. I mean, are you still driving the bus? I mean, could you get the call up again now for a couple of weeks' time? Well, I have, I still have my, my, my coach license. Um, I, I'm, at, I'm at the building game now, Jonathan, at the moment, so I'm kind of back in the building. But I intend to go back driving buses again. Um, you know, so time is getting on and the, the building is a tough game. Like, yeah, I'd imagine <laughs> so, dri- driving a bus is better on a wet day uh, than oh, the building. Sure, I've, I've often talked to Neil there about touring. I used to do around the country, and I love touring. But um, I think the, I think the, 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 
probably the best experience I've had in my career would have been the Joe Biden visit and being the Secret Service guys and yeah. having them sign my way the hourly slip in the evenings. You know, I have all those still. I've got copies of everything. And it was a great experience. Yeah, well, as I said, it's, you were on the right side of the Secret Service, if we could put it that way. Uh, we, we were, just while I have you on, before we let you go, Robert, I mean, you're in the building yeah. trade as well. We were talking yeah. earlier with a lady who was struggling to get money back from a plumber and she couldn't get through to people. Is, yeah, this, is, is it very common still that, that you'd come across individuals in the trade who wouldn't do what they're supposed to do. I mean, they are the exception rather than the rule. Most are decent. Yeah, it's so hard to pinpoint what's gone wrong, you know. Um, a lot of people, I mean, I'm, I'm a mason now, like bricklayer, blacklayer, stonemason, and that my 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 area patios, and I, I like that work. But there are people out there like who are just wanting to overcharge shoddy workmanship uh, I don't know why and where it's coming from um, I don't know there's, there's going to be a shortage of tradesmen there is a shortage of tradesmen now it's going to be worse in 10 years time yeah. uh, but what but about what about I, the I, deposits I mean the, the idea that you'd give half the money up front is that, is, is that common? well I tell you now the way I work what I do is I would be classed as labour only and I say to the people in the house and if I'm doing a patio for you now I'd say look Let's go on. We go to classic driveways. We go to cockpit providers. We pick out whatever slabs you want. You pay for them. You get them delivered. This is you need certain amount of sand. You need certain amount of cement. I come in and I'll do the work for you. Okay. When the work is done, you can pay me, and that's the way I work. Okay, and you can't you can't get fair in that, Robert? You're on standby. Should before you go, before yeah, go on. I before you go, I want to just say a small shout out to my daughter Sarah, who started a new little business. She's drawing pet portraits. So I'd just like to give a shout out to her and wish her well with her new business. And what's the name of the business so people can find it? Well, she's on Instagram. Um, she's Sarah Illustration Studio on Instagram. But she's Sarah Rohu. It's pretty easy up to find her. Okay, but Sarah Rohu is our... Uh, yeah, and it sounds uh, like if, if you want a, a nice picture of your pooch or you might give a yeah. picture to someone else, Sarah's the yeah. girl to do it. Robert, yeah. you're a great man. Thank you so much Thank for taking you. the time to talk to us. And fingers crossed you get the call up from Joe, all right? <laughs> thanks, Jonathan. <laughs> Robert Bye-bye. Rohu there. Uh, thanks very much for that. On Scammers, you need to watch Scammer Payback Channel on YouTube, says Frank and Cove. Uh, not familiar with it, but uh, maybe it's a good way of finding out just exactly what is uh, what is going on out there. I got caught with a fuel scam at the Circle K on the Mallow Road. An overweight bald guy claiming to be from Belfast and his UK card wouldn't work in the Eurozone. You'd, you'd be under tremendous pressure to, to help someone out like that. And it's, it's a very lousy thing to do, to come across as vulnerable and exposed and preying on the good intentions of people. But that's another incidence where that may have happened using the very same scam. And Ken in MTU, good morning to you, Ken. He says, I used to work with Charles McCarthy's plumbers for 22 years until I changed my career. The company's been around since 1881. I would highly recommend them to do any plumbing jobs. And there's lots of other good plumbers out there. We're getting the names in and many of them on Free Food Friday as well, uh, which you can continue to text in if you want to get the free food for the 15 people at Roosters Perry Perry. 086-8104-106. You can call us at any stage. 0818-104-106. This is Jonathan Healy. Filling in for Neil Prendival this morning. 
Oh, two hours in. I mean, Prandival does this every day, you say. I don't know how the man has the energy. Let's go to the newsroom, shall we? Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. The Neil Prenderville Show, Red FM. Free Food Friday. The texts are absolutely flooding in. You're going to be getting food for 15 people. You got the wraps, you've got the pitas, the burgers, the fries, the waffle fries. They're giving you the mayo, the garlic piri mayo, and the piri mayo. And you get to build your own cheesecake, which. Let's face it, on a wet Friday morning, it'll give you something to do. Um, so, who have we got looking uh, to get in on this? Loads of people listening to us in hospitals. Thank you very much for listening to Cork's Red FM. Emma, um, she's messaging from the pharmacy department of Cork University, sorry, Mercy University Hospital. She'd love to win Free Food Friday because they're huge fans, huge fans of the show. Uh, Barry and the team also at CUH would love a free lunch as they're working late all week, putting down new roads around the hospital. I've seen you, Barry. Well, it's like you were filling the world's biggest pothole when I was there the other day. Uh, so we'll see what we can do for you. AOC Commercials in Carrick Tool, they'd love free food this Friday to keep going for the day in the office and out in the workshop. Uh, PRL Group, um, HB Ice Cream. I mean, no, there nobody wants ice cream on a day like this. It's wet. It's miserable. Um, so they need chicken instead. So HB Ice Cream out in Carrick Tool for PRL Group. Uh, Gemma Ince is at the District Health and Leisure. Um, she's looking for free food as well. Ross Oil out in Fernandes to wish Nicole farewell in her new adventure. Farewell, Nicole. Might not give you the chicken, but we wish you farewell on the radio anyway. And Barry Joyce's Coal would love roosters. Uh, they're listening at the very top of Fair Hill, where there's absolutely no concern whatsoever about getting a uh, signal up there, because if you're at the top of Fair Hill, you're very close to where there's good reception. Um, let's talk next to Mick Moriarty, uh, a.k.a. the Baldy Barber, who's on the line. Mick, good morning. Morning, Jonathan. How are you, sir? I'm great. I mean, for a guy, a guy from Newcastle, you're doing fine for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not quite used to town now, but I, I, I take the compliment as it's intended, right? Um, now, we, we've talked a lot about Blackpool, you and I, over the years, and I've been out to you when the floodwaters have been lapping around your shoes uh, and oh, you're yeah. trying to run a business down there. And you've been on top of trying to keep uh, the businesses there open and everybody uh, safe and, and, and out of water. And you're keeping a very close eye on the plans. But there, there's another plan now that may impact you in Sunday as well. What is it? Well, the, as you know, we're, we are working with uh, Bus Connect at the moment. Uh, we had a meeting with them and uh, a few months ago and Bus Connect asked uh, the traders to form their own group and the residents to have their group to the community centre, which is fine. Uh, we have met with Bus Connect last week and we brought them around Blackpool. They were trying to stop uh, cars coming through Blackpool and we highlighted a few things but we are proposing a greenway. We are proposing a greenway, uh, what they call it, uh, out to Blarney from Blackpool, which would bring in the Glen, Golding's Glen outside, that it is called, up around Dillon's Cross. And we are also proposing that we would have a bicycle uh, lanes coming from John Street out Watercourse Road, O'Connell Street, Great Winnebring Street, Orchard Court, out through the uh, retail park uh, and out to Blarney. Okay. Now, I'm a huge fan of that because it's, it's heading out towards my parts of the world there. Uh, but they're, they're, where are you going to put it? That's the question. And and who's going to lose out on a bit of road space so that you can have the greenway? Uh, there won't be anyone losing the, 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 the road space. 
because Oaken Blarney already have a beautiful walk, and this will go through the retail park, Alter Court, which is already there. Uh, we, we 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 are working with the OPW, and we and the, the OPW will have to do the walk before Bus Connect will start their walk, Jonathan. Okay. Because we we showed them a video last Friday, that last uh, October. When the rain fell from the sky, the rivers never flooded. Uh, there was outside the pantry and Tigolari's chemist and that whole church. Do you know something, Mick? I remember bus. that well. And, and I looked at the social media and, and again, I've been knocking around a while. And I remember meeting all of those business owners and you were told it was never going to happen again. And you were told but, that it solved uh, and it did. And it was just heartbreaking for you. Yes, but last October we highlighted to Bus Connect last Friday. If you look up Thomas Davis Street, there is your bus above there, couldn't come down. So unless the flooding is, is started and finished, Bus Connect are wasting their money uh, doing this job. Now we want to work with OPW, Bus Connects, the residents, the traders and the otters. And we want to save the otters as well for the people. We are not against the otters. People think we are. We are not against the authors. But we want to work together to get this done. And the only way that Blackpool is going to be complete is Jonathan. And I'm 30 years, and I remember with the great Joe McHugh, the former city manager, he was working on it, but unfortunately, he's time up as a city manager. And Bishop Stone was done, Black, Black Rock was done, and Douglas. Mm. And we are still waiting for what to call it. There are 23 traders in our group at the moment, Jonathan. And just imagine that if some of them fail with their business over flooding, they could lose their homes. And people don't realise that. So are you saying are you saying to, to Bus Connects, we're not opposed to you. We don't we like oh, the no. idea. We we love the idea of the Greenway and, and the bus lane and everything that's there, but you can't do it without sorting the flooding first. Quite correct. And we are going to have a big meeting on the fourteenth of April at seven o'clock in Glen Rovers Hall. And there will be people coming, people coming from around the country who have been involved in flooding uh, and are happening in Resolves, in Dandon, Skibbereen, up in Mayo. And they're going to come down and support that the flooding would be started once and for all here in Blackpool. Okay. Uh, what happens now, if they don't... Uh, make, also, what, what, also, well, hang on. Wait, I'll let you say also in a second. But what happens if they don't want to do that uh, and, and the OPW doesn't do the bit that they're supposed to do before the bus plan comes in? Well, I, I just can't see it happening. I mean, the politicians, most of our politicians are, are in favour of what's happening with the OPW, that it has to be done. And we have shown the politicians, and we'll be showing more politicians this week and next week, what we have in mind, read the whole situation, Blackpool. And also Blackpool at the moment is on, on the way up big time. In three years' time, the population of Blackpool is going to, is going to grow by 48%. There will be 545 new homes, our apartments in the area. They're lovely. The area. You can see them when you're driving up the Blackpool Bypass. You can see those right. apartments That's nearly right. finished. They look lovely. Yeah. And then another thing, John, is that when the bypass was, was, was built, it split, it split the village of Blackpool separate up to the other side. So we we're also hoping to get a walkover bridge over by the retail park as, as well down there and maybe up over by the, the, the bypass as well. I mean, there's, Bus Connect have $600 million, uh, to spend on bus connects, mm. not also Cork, as you know, but the OPW have 21 million 
to work on black tooth flooding. Yeah. That Mick, you, you and I have been knocking around long enough now to th- if we're expecting one arm uh, of the state to go you're, at you're the same pace as the other side <laughs> of the state, we could be waiting a very long time. So, I mean, no. what have PostConnect said about the OPW? Are they going to put pressure on them to do this, knowing that you have highlighted this as an issue? They went away last Wednesday. You Green went away at his team. They were here last week. It was three of them there. And uh, they came down from Dublin and Kildare. And they took away what we gave them. And they are going to look at the whole situation and they're going to come back to us. And also, like, we get the buses here and we get Goulding's Glen in, into a, a part of the Greenway out to Blarney as well and bicycle lanes. Dylan's Cross above St. Luke's. They won't have to have any major upsets with their, with their traffic up there as well if this goes right. Right. Okay. But look, I mean, they need to speak to the community. They have been doing that. Your meeting is on the 14th, the 14th. of April up at the Glen. At seven o'clock. At seven o'clock. Okay, I'm sure there'll be plenty of people uh, we turning will, up there. We we will be putting posters out around the place this week as, as well, please God. All right. Okay. But we want we want to enhance Blackpool big time, Jonathan. Well, and and uh, some parts of it, uh, despite the the challenges there, have been doing great. They really have. Mick Moriarty of the Baldy Barber, their chairman of the Blackpool Traders Group. Thanks very much for joining us. I want to head up to the North Mall in just a minute because they're doing bush trucker trials there this morning. I don't know what they have on the menu, but I can imagine it's kind of gross. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Text and WhatsApp 086-8104-106 Cork's Red FM. We're feeding 15 people before the end of the programme, courtesy of Rooster Spiri, Piri and Douglas and Blackpool. The way to the hearts of Cork people appears to be through chicken. Uh, free Food Fridays to Ame Beauty Beauticians working on the Old Mallow Road in Blackpool. Uh, PBL Biomechanics on the Tremor Road want in as well. Joe Crowley Oils in Shannon, The Building Stone, Cork in Dripsy. The Nurses from Farrenlee. Giving us nothing more than that, but we say good morning to you. Northside Tires and the Old Mallow Road. We'd love to win lunch and uh, lunch for the girls at All Round Beauty in Mayfield. We'd love a good feed on a busy Friday and we'd share with our clients as well. See, ingenious. You're trying to share it around, which is nice. Okay, let's um, let's speak to Colin Daly. Colin, you're the Vice Principal up at the North Bond. Is that right? That's right. How are you? I'm Thanks very well. Lovely to talk to you. Now, you're doing something slightly unusual in the North Man this morning. I'm not sure if this falls within the category of education or not, but tell us what you're up to. No, um, we're doing a, a bush tucker trial in aid of uh, Mary Mount Hospice. So the staff got together, and it was mainly Leona, Fairness, uh, and Anne in the kitchen. Uh, and they decided that we're going to do a fundraiser. I think they were watching a bit too much of Anton Deck, <laughs> and they came up with the idea of um, the bush tucker trial. Um, and I suppose then the staff, we all have to go up and eat, uh, I suppose, something that you wouldn't normally eat. Yeah. Um, there's been um, body parts of animals that have gone into my mouth now that I never thought that would ever go into my mouth. Um, <laughs> there's been, um, yeah, there's been all sorts. Hang on, Colin, you're not moving on from that one so quickly. Um, what, <laughs> what, what perchance did you eat? Um, I don't know if I'm allowed to say it. Uh, on, on the air well, 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 you, you, you use, use loose language <laughs> ok so the, the rear end of a cow uh, I believe is in there right and uh, oh, you can the, say uh, sorry, hang on a second we're talking about the, the cow's anus here correct yes yes, yes. right and how yeah. was it Colin um, chewy that's <laughs> uh, <laughs> the best way I could describe it. So, Leon is actually doing horse challenge at the moment. Oh, is she? And, okay, uh, Let, let's have. Yeah. A, I think we can actually listen. And I don't know if Leona can speak to us or not at the moment, but you you might commentate. Yeah. So, 
Hello, Leona, can you hear me? I can, I can. Right, what, what are you doing there at the moment, Leona? Well, to be fair, I was the first one, anyway. Okay. Oh, hang on. Your, your your phone line is, is, is shocking bad. So let let let, let Colin. I, look, we let Leona kind of get get herself together there. What yeah, exactly she, is she up to? So she's in the hall at the moment. Oh, she's facing her trial. So there's a shot glass being thrown around now of um uh of I suppose blended uh parts of uh, a different animal. Right. The, the staff have to, the staff have to down that and one. And do they do, do, do we know what part of the animal? Uh, I was asked, and uh, I, 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 sorry, I asked, and I was told that you don't want to know. We so don't, okay. When, yeah. So, so we're talking sweet, br- sweet breads are, are are some wobbly part. Yeah. Can right. you can you hear can you hear this now in the background? I, I can hear the kids screaming. Yeah. Are they, is that the kids shouting encouragement? Is it? Can you hear us? Yeah, we can. Yeah. So, what exactly is happening there, Colin? You can talk us through it. So, there's, a, there's 20 staff members on the stage. We have uh, shot glasses of uh, a blended uh, part of uh, an animal, um, and we have to get a donut in one. So, the principal just, I think, uh, needed some water, needed some air, so he just stepped out of <laughs> but the rest of the, but the, rest, the rest of the staff are seem to be holding their... Uh, Holding their shot while in fairness, so there's a few teary eyes, but it's it's, it's great crack. It's okay, and, 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 I have to say, have there been any uh, to, to borrow a horse racing phrase? Have there been any refusals there, um, or is everybody willing to take part in this? In fairness, though, most have most have jumped forward, and like like we asked, I think the the, the any contribution from the um, from the parents and the, the pupils, but I'll be honest with you, the, if we asked for fifty euro to see me eating a and again I'm, I'm conscious there, there are young people listening a cow's anus you ate a cow's anus yes, yes, in front yes, of the entire yes. school yeah so I think my uh, my, my level of authority is, is gone at this point <laughs> <laughs> well not gone just damaged uh, possibly forever yes, Colin yes, yes. Uh, I, I don't know if Leona we'll try Leona once more because I'm, I'm, I'm just intrigued Leona are you there I am yeah what, and, and have you had your shot yet I had the shot and I was gone you were gone did, did it go down well? I could it, it didn't even go down. It came back up everywhere. <laughs> it had to stick up. <laughs> now, I mean, by my understanding, Leona, uh, Colin told me this was your idea. How do you feel about it now? It's been amazing. It's very, very good. It's very, very bad. I'm not telling everyone if I stood up and made the Oh, yes. I'd probably recommend it to keep it to yourself. Colin Daly, I'm going to come back to you. Leona, fair play to you. Uh, you're a great sport and it's a really good idea. Maybe give uh, Anton take a break, though. But, Colin, you were talking about the money being raised going to Marymount. And, and look, I do the Marymount Ball every year and I know how important the work that they do is uh, to support families who are at a particularly difficult time in their lives. Very few people in Cork have been unimpacted by the work of Marymount. So it's it, it's all for a good cause. Absolutely. Look, I suppose we we try to do something every year, um, and we are kind of rallying together and trying to get, come up with ideas. Um, and I suppose there is there isn't a person in Cork or, or Ireland really who hasn't been affected, or across the world who hasn't been affected by cancer in some shape or form. 
Um, and what work that Mary won't do is, is incredible, really incredible. So any contribution that we could give would be great. Um, so I think we we can we. I, I don't think the final count is, but it's well over a thousand euro anyway today. So um, we're delighted. That's fantastic. And can people who are listening right now can they contribute? Is there a go, is there an online? Thing? Yeah, if they want to, yeah, no, they can they can just call into the office and make a contribution if they like. Um, it would be great. Um, it's going straight to. Uh, Mary Mount, we have our teacher, we have our Mary Mount Astros t-shirts on today and there's stickers planted all over and we're hoping to make the donation just after Easter. So if anybody wishes to, uh, to join in and help us out, it would be great. And, and just again, I, I mean, I shouldn't be offering PR advice in, in hindsight. You, you banned cameras, didn't you? I mean, there, there is no photographic evidence of you no, eating no. that item. Well, look, I suppose it's very difficult to be sitting in front of a parent and discussing various items. They have a picture of them in there for one of me and see some <laughs> certain food. So I said we keep it all. Yeah, I do. I do. Look, I'm, I'm, I'm glad Common says, Colin, you're, you're an absolute sport. Thank you so much to you. Well done to Leona. If you have a few, Bob, uh, they definitely deserve it. And the kids sounded like they're having a great time. Vice Principal up in the North, man, um, Colin Daly uh, and Leona, uh, who works for the school, and they're doing the Bush Tucker trial today. Not quite your average Friday I suspect but one the kids will remember for a long time a few more uh, free food Friday shout outs with thanks to Roosters Perry Perry Walsh applications and Little Island they're listening and they'd love Roosters they said uh, Strawberry Hill National School my maths teacher used to go there he's always talking about Strawberry Hill National School good morning Liam uh, they put on a fantastic show the Lion King during the week so they think they'd love the free food on the back of that the School of the Divine Child uh, Susan uh, her daughter goes there and that's uh, recommended for all the SNAs, the teachers, the carers, the nurses and everyone else who's working there. Um, we would like some TLC this morning, says Selena. Not as much as the teachers in the North Man. Uh, we would like some TLC here in the architectural and metal systems. Uh, we're in Little Island working hard and as always listening to Cork's Red FM. Can't wait for the weekend, she says. Add one more for now. Uh, shipping Solutions. They'd love Free Food Friday as the staff apparently are wasting away. No photographic evidence of that, of course, but we, we'll assume uh, that they are indeed wasting away. We'll announce the winner of the food, lunch, free food for 15 people in just a little bit. Uh, but we've got a, a, a very interesting looking gadget in studio that has come from another school, Kinsale Community College, and three TY students, and a teacher who is never, ever doing the Bush Tucker trial, having listened to the last one on the way in just a few minutes. Stay with us. The Neil Brenderville Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open after midday. 0818-104-106. And we've had loads of people contacting us throughout the morning. Thank you very much for that, for listening in and, and, and sticking with me, the, the novice. I've obviously done radio before, but never this programme, which is a completely different beast to that which I've worked on before. Kinsale Community School. We've had a lot of schools on with us this morning. We had Terence McSweeney, who were over earlier on uh, doing brilliant things uh, when they were uh, presenting to the European Parliament. They're doing all sorts of mad stuff in the North Man, as we've just heard. But I'm delighted to be joined by Donna Leahy and Fanola Gaffney and Ethan Smith, who are all in TY, guys. You're all transition years, yeah? Yeah. 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 Very good. There's a screen in the way here, so I have to move that out of the way there. I'm trying not to break anything. Uh, I'm not going to move that because they do break. So tell me a little bit about the project that you have here, Ethan. Um, yeah, so I guess the the, the, the game itself, so uh, it's called Vax Robotics, so Vax is a company, they kind of make parts, they make metal pieces, they make motors, they make lots of different pieces, and then they're, they kind of make a game that every single year they make a new game that you have to make a robot uh, completely from scratch uh, to make to win this game, to play this game, and so I guess this year 
we have um, a robot and it needs to be able to pick up the discs. So there's load, there's 60 discs on a field. I guess I should explain what a field is. Yeah, please, field, okay, I, I have uh, no uh, idea. Uh, I mean, uh, I, I just see uh, a wonderful looking York here, yes, uh, which yeah. is hard to describe on radio. So Tell me about what it is. There's a 12 by 12 foot field, so it's got a metal perimeter around it and it's got tiles on the inside. And so uh, everything is contained within this field. And this is where we play against... So uh, against another team. So there's four and, and they have a robot as well. I'm presuming. Well, they do. They, they do. have a robot. So there'll be four robots in the in the arena. So okay. And I mean, and yeah. they probably hate the analogy, but it's a little bit like robot wars, is it? Uh, um, a little bit. Other than you're not trying to destroy them. You're not yeah. trying to kill you're, them you're, off. Yeah. You're yeah. It's, it's a more gentle them. version, Vanola. Is that what it is? Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So what what was your involvement now? So you you um, you've done a lot of the engineering, I believe. Have you? Uh, myself. Well, I'm kind of. I'm going to more focus in the engineering notebook, which is kind of basically the builders and the coders and the drivers and everything. They kind of all have to work through and build and stuff. And basically, my job is to document all of it and make sure that like everyone can understand what's going on. And basically, you have a notebook and you need to submit this to the judges so you can really show that you did the work. And so my job is showing to the judges and doing like the builders and everyone justice and showing our story and how we kind of did everything and how we worked. So in those, the device that we have here, I've got to, I've got to turn it on in a minute, <laughs> uh, which is that I'm tremendously excited. Just make sure we, you, you have brought your principal, uh, Mr. McCarthy, with you. So if anything's going to fly out of it, could it fly in his direction <laughs> as opposed to mine? I'm trying to protect the equipment more than anything else um, but but so in other words you have got this kind of back room and then you hand it over and the two lads have to go and, and Donna you're, you're one of the co-pilots co co-drivers what are you? Um, yeah so for the regionals and nationals I was uh, with the driver for my team but now that we've uh, combined teams to go to Worlds uh, I'm actually not a driver anymore We're, we have another driver Have you been dropped or are you just um, you're no, busy doing something not, else? It's more so that I'm not as best of a driver as uh, the other driver <laughs> so I'm, I'm more so, so I just like to point out for the benefit of listeners, the yeah. other two are nodding. They're just <laughs> nodding furiously in agreement. He's focused on the building. Yeah. <laughs> Which is good. I mean, we all have our strengths. Uh, so turn it on there. So who's going to, you, right. you're going to, Donna, you're going to drive it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So and Ethan, you're going to talk me through exactly what's happening here now. So. Yeah, so I guess um, one of the main objectives is you have to be able to pick up the discs. And I guess the, the picking up of the discs, so we've got kind of like wheels in the back, to just kind of describe it. We've got wheels in the back, and they, they spin quickly, and then there's kind of these foam discs on the floor. And... Uh, the, the robot then has to pick them up and right. suck them in. It's doing that now. I've seen that. Yeah, and then, and then so there's kind of then these basketball hoops like nearly in the corners. So there's one for each team. So like, and they've got like they're up high, kind of up off the up off the floor, and they've got kind of chains in them to stop the discs. And you kind of you just. The, the robot has to be able to shoot them into it so it can't like place them in because oh, okay. uh, no, yes, I appreciate that now yeah. Mr McCarthy we're going to leave you alone because Kevin is with us in studio and if we're going to hit anyone let's hit Kevin uh, so uh, let, let's let's see if you can fire it off so there's a button presumably on the remote that you fire the disc Kevin is terrified oh there you go <laughs> full on strike on Kevin oh, no, there's a, okay two is a bit harsh three three is bang on Kevin you really regret having to be in here this morning don't you this is after tipping you over the edge it really is Fanula was it fun? It's really fun it's amazing I think even just like 
I'm, I'm interested in this kind of like area so it was even fun just to learn but it's also fun in the aspects of like you get to drive because kind of like video games I wasn't a driver but sometimes I would kind of drive and I'd get to like the chance to have that experience just when we were practicing and stuff and even just like kind of the friendships you make and the people you meet because like a lot of it's based around our community. Like we reach out to loads of people. We we mentor primary schools because our community is really important. And so it's not only fun in the fact we get to learn um, about like a topic we're interested. It's fun in the people you get to meet and the things you get to do and the experiences you have. Definitely. Now, there was something that you said a minute ago, Donna, that caught my ear. You, you talked about worlds. Um, we'll, 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 actually, I'll, I'll ask Ethan the question there while we're moving that microphone back. What do you mean by worlds? What, so, what do you what um, are you doing? I guess we, we've done so well so far. We managed to get through the national. Which is or the the regionals, which is all of Cork, and then we managed to get all the way to the, the nationals, which is all of Ireland. And so the the top two teams from all of Ireland uh, managed to make it to the worlds, which is in Dallas, Texas, this year. And that's I suppose where everyone from around the world, from all the different countries, uh, come together to compete. And uh, so, what what do you have to do to bring this to Texas? Well, I suppose we have to make it as best we can, and um, we we have to. Uh, get it ready and make it uh, make it kind of. So when do you know? When do you know if you're going to be going to Texas? Well, we we know we now. You yeah. know now. Know so now. you are yeah. definitely going to the world. We are yeah. definitely. We have yeah. two teams actually from our school going. There's yeah. usually only. Oh, one, now you're just showing up. Yeah. <laughs> we only brought one robot today, but um, I'm actually on a different team to the lads to here today. Oh, um, oh so yeah. is there is there an inter-school rivalry? <laughs> <laughs> what you're telling me. <laughs> Well, it's team can sell, team can sell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's a little bit of support and cooperation. Fergal, I might just bring you in for two seconds there. Pull that microphone towards you if you can. Um, look, this is brilliant. How, how did the school get into this? Well, it got into it because we have a very dynamic coordinator of our TY programme called Nia Hay, and she's constantly looking at and looking for um, initiatives and, and projects that will inspire interest for the students. This is a particularly good one because it brings creative thinking to bear it brings um, the skills that they need to develop as team leaders, team workers. Um, it brings them around critical problem solving. It develops real twenty first century skills for them, and um, it's very inclusive. Um, there were four teams from Kinsale qualified for the semi finals of the of the nationals, uh, and two of our schools are now or two of our teams are now representing Ireland uh, in the Vex Robotics World Championship in Dallas. Um, this is our fifth time we've gone to Louisville, Kentucky, and that was a particularly good one because there was a Cork interest there. There was a guy called um, uh, Tygo Callahan who had a restaurant there, and he provided food for the students when we were there he uh, put us up in an apartment and there's always a good cork man somewhere isn't there there really is you'll always find and he brought us then to Kevin Nolan who worked on the adjunct of the Kentucky University and they brought us into their first build we don't have that type of uh, linkage with Dallas yet so if there's anybody out there that can help us because the costs of sending the 17 students I was just going to say it's pretty pretty pricey so you're fundraising so we're fundraising for it right now as well so we I mean if there are people out there that have connections with Dallas that would help us with say with transfers or with accommodation or whatever we'd be really really grateful but if there are people out there that would like to contribute to um, I suppose young people who are very skillful who are I mean you had a pro on your, on your earlier section of the programme you were dealing with scams you yes. were dealing with scams from people who uh, have technological wizardry but are using it for the wrong purpose these people here are ethically driven to ensure that 
their technological advances will be pro-social, will be for good and will be used to, uh, essentially to combat that type of Absolutely. activity I, that you spoke of I this mean, morning. I, look, I, I know I'm an old man of the hill here, uh, uh, but I, when I did transition year, I think, lads, the most I did was nearly cut a finger off trying to put together a piece of wood uh, for a transition year project. You're at a whole different level. Fergal, presumably people can contact the school if they know at someone in info, Dallas. Info at kinsalecommunityschool.ie and we would be really grateful to anybody who could give us help for it. Brilliant. Donna Leary, uh, Fanola Gaffney, Ethan Smith and, of course, Principal Fergal McCarthy. Best luck over in Dallas, lads. Uh, fly the flag so for Cork. We look for, we'll, we'll talk to you when you get back. When you bring the award, you can come back in and you, you can shoot Kevin again. Thanks so much. Thanks again. Bill's Feel Good Five. Coming up next, Red FM's More Music. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Very last chance to get in for Free Food Friday. Text us now the name of your business and why you think you are deserving. 0868104106 is the number. I want to talk about Gaelskull Feg Sayers uh, on the north side of the city. They are looking to raise a lot of funds uh, because they need a sports hall up there like all schools would need a sports hall. Let's speak to um, Ken Collins, Councillor Ken Collins. Ken, good morning. Good morning, Jonathan. How are you this morning? I'm very well. Tell me about the conditions in the school right now, why it's so important that they get the sports hall. I suppose we're a school that's 35 years old, a permanent home, and we have, after successfully securing land, you know, to build a purpose-built school for Grace Gold Peg Sayers. Um, but it comes with, um, I suppose these days, though, they're called multi-purpose uh, rooms rather than halls and sports halls. And the size of the, spo- the sports hall we're getting, if all our children on a rainy day goes in, the hall is full capacity. So we're, we were told by the Department of Education, go away and fundraise and we'll build. You, you pay for it, we'll build it. So unfortunately, we, we, we have to do that. So on the 23rd of April, we're going into um, the Opera House. We have a fantastic lineup of um, Maeve Walsh. She's a balladeer. Miles Gaffney. Chris Kent, the two Norries, um, one of them, uh, James Leonard, unfortunately, Timmy can't make it, um, and he, he'll be interviewing um, Amy O'Connor, captain of the senior Camogie, oh, yeah. Cork, uh, Cork senior Camogie. Then you have Valerie Mulcahy, Teddy Mack, Amanda has two All-Order medals in the one year hurling in football. Probably will never be repeated ever, ever again. I never say know. never, say never, Ken, but yeah, he's, <laughs> he has them now. He has them though, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you've also share a Kerry man because our principal is a Kerry man and he wants to get the Kerry side in as well. <laughs> and of course, more importantly, the children, the band, school band, school choir and a drama. But, you know, I suppose I'll bring a small bit of politics into this, the fact that we have to fundraise €100,000 to get a hall just to suit our needs. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very, very frustrating. And, and you speak to schools around the country and they, they, they face challenges like this. And the question you'll always ask is, is why? Fiona Carroll is with us as well. Hi, Fiona. Hi, how are you? I'm very well. You have three kids going to Gales School Fegsayers, do you? I do. My twins are in second class. They're communion this year now. And my eldest girl, Keela, she's in fifth class. Okay, yeah. and and look, what does it mean for them that, to not have the hall, right? Because let's that we're fundraising for the hall, and we need the hundred grand. But what does it mean not to have it now? Because when you're a child and you're in school, you, you know you just you roll with the punches in many ways. But they, they they must be aware that other schools have nicer things. I suppose, like they they call it a sports hall, but it, it covers a lot more. It's 
the kids' mental health, physical health, confidence. I mean, it goes across the board. You have to give them a platform for life. These kids can get can have the confidence to get up on the stage and perform. There's a very good drama team in the school. There's a lot of music going on. The mental health benefits, I suppose there are children who need movement breaks during the day. And with our current climate, if they can't go out, they have no other choice only to go into a hall. And, and they do need that space. They, they do a lot of, um, I suppose, mindfulness in the school as well. They do yoga. You do need a good space. Yeah. And one of the key things, of course, for a school is that you have your Christmas plays and you have opportunities to come together yeah. during the year. Where do you do that now? Because it sounds like the existing facility wouldn't suit. No, we, we actually, for the last years, have gone to the Procol Hall. Um, we've, we've done it over two nights in the Procol Hall. So, yes, we do need that stage. We do need that space for the kids. It's, it's so mm. important. Uh, to Ken's point, how do you feel about having to fundraise for this as opposed to the state paying for it? Everybody listening pays their taxes and, and they put money into the pot that's supposed to provide proper facilities at schools like yours. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, 100% should be provided by the state, 100%. And, and, you know, it's, like I said, the mental health and physical health part for me is as important as any other subject that these kids, they they need that space to be able to, um, I suppose, have the various sports and the various activities. And it's, it's, it's wrong that we have to fundraise for it ourselves, but it is what it is. We mm. do it. <laughs> Can I go back to you? Um, look, 100,000 is, is a big ask. Uh, the Opera House has what? They've got 900 and something seats and presumably you need every one of them filled. Uh, yeah, that's it. That's it. We have um, 901 seats, I believe, is what's in the Opera House. So, look, the tickets are 30 euro. It's priced at that, which is a great lineup. You have Chris Kent, you know, a comedian from the north side of Cork City. All these people are giving their time up for free so the, the school could actually benefit and, and make some sort of uh, money to put towards it. We're tipping away nicely, but we're asking people if they're interested to seeing these people um, sing, dance, music, um, contact the school, contact the opera house if they want to come through the school. The tickets are 30 euro. If they want to offer house, 34.50 because of charges uh, and um, levies put on. But look, I, I just think, you know, it'll be a fantastic night, the yeah. 23rd of April. Um, just disappointing that we have, we have nearly 300 students fitting into this small, small hall, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I had one daughter there, I had two, one went on to the AG. It's a fantastic school on the north side of the city. The Irish language is absolutely flying on the north side of the city. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, it's completely different even when we were younger, that there wasn't this culture. Monagy is a great school. Uh, Gael School, Fake Sayers, is the feeder school in there. On Megan Shogaleros, Gael, will there be anything for people who, who don't have uh, Gael Gugaflorshuk? Well, it'll be um, co-hosted, so it'll be uh, bilingual. It'll be uh, Roisin Nicleum. Um, she's a lecturer in well. She's a great girl. She's fantastic. She's, so James will be co-hosting the whole night. So he'll be Berla um, and uh, Roisin will be off Gwelga. So it'll be, it'll be a fantastic night for everybody. Um, so we're asking all those who are into the Irish language, into drama, dance, sport. Um, if they wish to come, it'll be a fantastic night for everybody. Um, and look, we're hoping to fundraise maybe thirty thousand out of that if we sell it out, and it'll be a portion of the way. Yeah, it's a, it's um, another step in the direction. Fiona, when when do you think? I mean, you, you talked about the kids now. You've got the eldest and fifth. The, the twins are in second class. Do you think that there's a chance that uh, it'll be up by the time they're finished? 
Um, yeah, I'm hoping that yeah the twins will see it. Hopefully, anyway. Um, yeah, I mean whether they do or not, I, I'm going to have fundraise for this because it's important for the kids coming forward and coming through. You know. Okay, well, fingers crossed to you. Anyway, the, the details are all up uh, on the Cork Opera House website, corkoperahouse.ie, 30 quid. You can buy them uh, with the school themselves and the school office, or you can buy it on the website as well. It is on Sunday, the 23rd of April at 7pm, and definitely uh, a, a good night is going to be had, no matter what. Thanks very much indeed to Councillor Ken Collins and Fiona Carroll uh, for speaking to us there. I just want to go, Cork City are playing the uh, against the Drogs, Strata United tonight at Turner's Cross but there are going to be very special guests there. Um, Anthony is on the line. Anthony, how are you? Hi Jonathan, I'm good, how are you? Uh, it's lovely to talk to you. Uh, you are the coach of the under-13s uh, for Avondale. Tell us about the match. Was it last Sunday? Last Saturday, Jonathan, we were playing a team called St. Francis from Dublin in the last 16 of a national trophy. And uh, the game went to penalties. It was a three-all draw game, went to penalties. And what happened was we had an Avondale man, Paddy Scannell, who was recording the penalties from just behind the boys who were standing in the centre circle as per normal penalty shootouts. And Paddy wanted to capture the agony and the ecstasy that penalties can bring. He uploaded the, the video then after the game to Twitter just to keep people up to date with the result. But within a few hours, the tweet had gained a lot of views. Um, it's gone up well over 100,000 views now at the moment. And what stood out was... When we scored the winning penalty, all of our boys ran towards the, the scorer of that penalty. And one of our players, Michael O'Donovan, who had started to run with his teammates, he just stopped after four or five steps. And he turned back to, to the St. Francis boys, who were obviously quite upset and, and, and disappointed to lose. And he went straight back to shake hands with a few of them. Um, also, Jack Carney, another one of our players, went straight to the opposition also to shake hands. What I loved about it, Anthony, and I've, I've watched it a few times, and I know it's up on, on Cork City FC's website as well as, as Amdale's website. What I love about it is the sportsmanship because, you know, the instinct of the players will be to go and to celebrate. We've seen it so many times at international level. We've seen it at club level when, when you have that awful penalty suit out when there's one winner and one loser. These young lads' instincts, Jack and Michael's instincts, were not to run straight away and celebrate, but to commiserate with the other team. And and it's very rare you'd see it in sport in general, not to mention at such a young age. It is, Jonathan. But as coaches in Avondale, we do encourage the behaviour first and foremost, and we put a lot of focus into the fundamentals of sportsmanship. You know, having respect for yourself, your teammates, coaches, referees, parents, and especially opposition teammates and coaches. Um, it was great to see, and what people did notice on the tweet was that, and it cannot be underestimated, the goodwill messages that have come true to the lads. And also, they're, they're like mini-celebrities this week. I mean, the invitation... Oh, there's no, li- the there's no, li- no living with them, I'd say, is there? There's, it's to be fair uh, you're very lucky you didn't get the two boys on the radio today because you would be on overtime until at least one o'clock uh, no no well f- f- Phil, Phil is hovering he'll need to get in in a minute um, but d- yeah. d- to be I know the reason why we have you on is that one of the things they got to do was they went out to uh, Cork City and they went to the training ground and they got the jerseys and tonight I think it's the whole team is going um, to, to yeah. the drugs match is it? So the two boys met with the Cork City players on Wednesday and they got presented with jerseys with their name on it 
Um, the full team are guests at the Cork City versus Drogheda tonight in Turner's Cross and that's a big thank you to Erica at Cork City for that and also Craig Robinson of CR Coaching he has invited the boys to his Easter camps over the, over the next couple of weeks as well so it's great and it's brilliant to have a good news story that went viral this week rather than the usual doom and gloom you know absolutely no it, it, it's a fantastic now I, I believe that you're a Ramblers fan because you're originally from Cove so you're, you're heading in there tonight <laughs> on, are you wearing a hat to hide yourself or what? Uh, tonight I'm going to wear a Cork City hat. Uh, Cork, we're kind of all the one, really. Um, I was talking to Kevin, one of your guys. Uh, oh, he's here. Oh, he's here. He's gearing uh, up to talk yeah. to you. Go on. <laughs> Look, to be fair, there's 26 of us going tonight. I think there's 25 Cork City fans, and I'll be the lonely Cove Ramblers fans. But tonight, I will be cheering for okay. City. You know, well, the, the gesture that they gave us was was brilliant. In fairness, yeah, it really was. Like uh, look, uh, Kevin Galvin, the aforementioned Kevin, working on this program, it, it's a lovely gesture, isn't it? Ah, it's brilliant. Like it's it's fantastic by the club, and uh, and I I just have to say, like it's it's one of those things that you, I saw it on Twitter breaking over the last couple of um, just over the weekend and it's just you know it really just goes to show you that young people you know they still like it's so infrequent you would see with an adult sports but it's young people always have that kind of presence of mind to think about you know the empathy to think about the you know the other losing side and and like that's a national cup game that's a massive game any young fella always wants to get out of Cork once they they say get out of Cork play nationally and for them to do it to win the penalties in their home patch to get through to the next round and then still have that presence of mind presumably they're going to want to come back I'm guessing once they get a taste of it Anthony they'll, they'll probably want to play for Cork City in a couple of years time the one eye on the academy I think I think there's a few boys who have um, aspirations to go to that level yeah definitely okay. um, but you know what uh, just, I just want to finish up and say there are a lot of coaches and volunteers listening in today and I don't think we should underestimate the role that we have in developing children as well you know so the children you know we can help them to develop into mature respectful and successful adults okay well look congratulations well done to the lads because it was fantastic the way they did it it's fantastic the way they've managed to get the result uh, on the day and celebrate the way they did hope they enjoy the game and fair play to you thank you so much for taking the time to talk to was there that's uh, uh, Anthony Manny there who is uh, one of the coaches of Avondale a big match tonight Kevin obviously Cork City versus Drogheda uh, they're all big they're matches all big Jonathan matches. They're, they're all, all big, big matches, matches but they need to make up for the fact that they got bait yeah, two weeks, uh, ago. two weeks ago was very disappointing and I suppose for the players they'll be looking to get back to, to what's been a, actually I think a lot of City fans are kind of reasonably content with the beginning of the season like they've beaten UCD at home they've drawn away to Shamrock Rovers and Sligo two teams that you wouldn't expect so um, just the main thing is hopefully there's a huge crowd down there tonight because they're getting brilliant crowds at the moment this season they're yeah getting, absolutely they, they, they really crowds. are right uh, Kevin thank you very much for minding me in here today make sure I didn't do too much damage Free Food Friday quickly if, what, a few more to add in um Texting for free for you Friday, free food Friday, working in PepsiCo as an intern and celebrating four years cancer free today. Would love some roosters for the celebrations of the office. Well done to you. Uh, Scully Sagan, um, shout out to the fourth, fifth, and sixth class boys in the school band performing in Holly Hill Library for Lifelong Learning Week with the help of their amazing music teachers, Mr. Hennessy, Mr. O'Connell, and Mr. Ryan. And we must mention Jackie, the best secretary in Cork by, is uh, presumably what she wrote herself. Uh, two shout outs before we announce the winner of Free Food Friday with thanks to Roosters Perry Perry. Man Tidy Towns are having their first clean pick up on the 8th of April starting at 1pm in Man Community Centre back for light refreshments afterwards. Michelle asked us to shout that out. Most certainly we did. And could you give a shout out to Clodagh Quirk from Passage West who's supporting Jack L 
in the Opera House tomorrow night. She released her first EP called The House on the Hill last week and people can listen to Cloda on all the streaming platforms uh, under Cloda Quirk. We will certainly do that as well. Moncrief tickets. If you want to go and see Moncrief live at Cypress Avenue, uh, all you have to do is Wednesday the 12th of April is the date of the gig. Five winners. Call right now. 0818 104 106. If you want to go and see Moncrief live at Cypress Avenue, 0818-104-106. Claire is waiting to take your calls right now and let us go to find out who we're giving away our free food Friday to Sinead. Hello. Hello. How are you, Sinead? I'm good, thank you. And you? I'm very well. I'm, I'm happier now that it's 12 o'clock. Where are you? We're in Leisure World in Churchfield. Okay, and you're in Leisure World in Churchfield and we mentioned you earlier on. Who's there with you and why do you want to feed them? Um. Well... Anna is actually leaving us today for this her final day. She's going to the States for the summer. So she'll be sadly missed. She'll be sadly missed, but you want chicken more, yes? Oh, yes, most definitely. Okay, <laughs> very good. Well, <laughs> there's about 10 of you there. We're sending food for 15, so you have to find five random people in Churchfield to bring in and give them roosters, Perry Perry. You're happy with that? We are indeed. Come here. Congratulations to you. And best of luck to Anna. A huge shout out uh, from the people who are there. Have you got a crowd around you now? Because you have, you have to earn your dinner here. Go on. Give a big cheer. <laughs> well done. And uh, best of luck to Anna as she moves on. That is it. Thank you so much to the production team for keeping the wheels on the wagon this morning. Um, the Neil Prentival Show will be back Monday morning at 9 a.m. Don't forget, on the podcast, you can listen back to everything. RedFM.ie. And it would be remiss of me not to point out there's a brand new episode of Red Business up there now with a certain somebody. For more Red FM podcasts, go to RedFM.ie forward slash podcasts.